Hey, this is Matt. Before we start this first episode, I just wanted to do a brief introduction as to what this podcast even is. So a few months ago, some friends and I started a Games Club Discord server. We've done a couple meetings before this that unfortunately weren't recorded. Uh, We were just testing the waters, and I didn't want to commit to a whole podcast thing, but uh, specifically our third session on Even the Ocean was so good. Um... The game was amazing, the chat was energetic and electrifying, Um, it was the best conversation I've ever had about any work of art ever, game or no. Uh, So yeah, that all went so well that we just wanted to start recording and releasing them as a podcast, both for the general public and for any member that was interested in listening that wasn't able to make it to the chat. So what you're about to hear, then, is a nearly three-hour-long conversation between a group of friends uh, just talking about The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um, So I've left it mostly unedited. There's a lot of warts here. This is my first time editing a podcast or recording one in general. Um, I had a couple issues. My Discord crashed, like, three times. I was able to get back in within, like, less than ten seconds. Um, I also am aware... The audio mixing could use some work. I'm going to work on that for future episodes. Uh, that all said, we get into some pretty heavy spoilers for Tears of the Kingdom right off the bat. Uh, I think mostly just because Colin and I had a bit of an axe to grind with how the ending of the game was presented. Uh, but even then, spoilers abound throughout the entire thing. and Not just story, but gameplay, mechanics, puzzle solutions, all of it. So if you're still playing the game... Maybe it's best to just wait until you're satisfied with your experience before giving it a listen. Lastly, I kind of wanted to reiterate our mission statement. Um, (laughs) I get into it a bit at the end, but I meant to talk about it in the beginning and just forgot. Uh, And it's important enough to bear repeating here, I think. Uh, Acknowledging the failures of a work of art is an act of love. Um, You know, I want every piece of media that I play or watch or listen to to be the best it can be that all said nothing is perfect um and in fact it's the imperfections that often lead to the best conversations which i think and hope you agree with when you listen to our conversation on this game um it's just it's more valuable to have criticisms about something as opposed to just three hours of hey this game's really good y'all Uh, secondly, I really, really believe in the power of art, uh, being able to bring people together and open up minds to new ideas and lines of thought. Maybe that's a bit hippie-ish of me, I don't know. Um, but what I do know is every meaningful relationship I have in my life has been forged or strengthened through video games. Every single person in this chat, uh, some of which I've known for over a decade, others I've only known for a fraction of the time. We all know each other and talk to each other through the lens of video games. I've met my wife through video games, and that was my main goal with this games club in general, was just let's have some nice conversations and get to know each other through video games. And I hope that that comes through more than anything. Um, so we're almost done. Uh, shout outs to everyone that has been a part of this so far. Um, everyone in the discord server, whether you have participated actively from the beginning or you just bounced off during portal, whatever, you're still here. 
I appreciate it. Even if you're not, I still appreciate it. Um, in particular, anyone that wants to join chats but isn't able to because of the weird time zone differences. I'm in Germany. Everyone else is in America. It sucks. Um, lastly, huge, huge shout-outs to Isaiah and Sari, who <laughs> was the Windows tech support uh, employee that helped me with a lot of audio issues that I didn't know existed with our computer until a couple hours before recording this. Um, and then let me ask him questions about his life, including about video games, for like half an hour after the issues were resolved. Uh, truly wouldn't have been possible without you, Isaiah. Um, it was genuinely delightful to talk to you, and I really hope you didn't get in trouble for wasting so much time talking to me afterwards. So, all of that out of the way, I really hope you enjoy the episode, and thanks for listening. Here to talk about Zelda. This is our first recorded session of Critical Diversions Game Club. Um, I'm going to. Well, I guess I'll introduce myself first. I'm Matt Murray, Shy Guy City at Shy Guy City on Twitter. Um, and this is our session today. We got Wilkins, we have Seth, and we have Colin. So I'm going to sho shove it to Wilkins first. Go ahead and introduce yourself. What up? I'm Wilkins. I think I'm Big Dogs Only on every platform. There might be a underscore after that. If you're on CoStar, the astrology app, I'm Bug Dogs Only because I messed up my name. But other than that, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. <clears throat> cool. Bug, bug Dogs Only. All right. And Seth? I am Seth. I'm a $2 hero pretty much everywhere. I will have to track down bugs do uh, Bug Dogs Only on CoStar <laughs> and see how compatible our chart is today. I cannot wait. Uh, Happy to be here. And then we got Colin, who I assume is also going to make an astrology reference that I won't get. <laughs> I don't know as much as you might think. <laughs> um, hey, I'm Colin. I'm Crockmeyer on Twitter. And yeah, that's about, I think, the only thing I really use. All right. So where, where do we want to start with the Zelda talk? Part of me... Because I think it's going to be the most controversial, I almost want to start with the story. Smoke them if you got But also, we need, I guess we should also establish how into spoilers are we going to get. I know all four of us here have beaten the game. Um, yes. I, I assume this podcast is going to get like three listens, and one of them will be Justin, and he's not going to listen until he beats the game, so it doesn't really matter. Um, should we just go all in on this? I, I'm I, down if you are. I'm in yeah. if you guys are. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should. Okay. <laughs> so right. what what did we think overall about the story in terms of... I guess I'll start. I'm kind of really tired of like the Zelda, um, just the way they handle it, which is to say, like, it's a very anime tropey, which I like, but they just don't ever do anything with it. Like... Ganondorf is nothing. He's he's a nothing character. 
like Wind Waker was like the only time he had like any kind of motivation. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know, there there's nothing here. Like yeah, he says some cool like tropey villain lines, and yeah, you know he he eats the the secret stone, and that's cool. Um, you know, there, I guess this it's kind of emblematic of my whole my problem with the story in general is that like there's lots of cool like bombastic moments, but there's very little like actual story development that goes anywhere or does anything. Um, I th- go ahead, Colin. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I think I think part of it, at least with Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, is. Well, it's been a while since I've played Breath of the Wild, so maybe I'm wrong here, but the vast majority of the story kind of takes place in the past, like looking back at it. Mm-hmm. And I think the only thing that kind of really happens as it's happening here, you, like with Ganondorf, is right towards the end of the game. Right. So other than that, there's just kind of little, like, just short little segments looking back. So I feel like by doing that, they don't even really give themselves much room to kind of have more story as it's happening i yeah for, for me in general i think it's at that point and it's crazy to play something for everyone here has played over 100 hours which i think is kind of an interesting perspective from us of like there's that the, the levels there's levels to this there's people who are also in this chat who are at the 60 70 hour mark and it's wild to see people online who've done 120 hours and haven't done a single temple but, right. you know, given that we're all at the ending there, I feel like this kind of feels like Dragon Quest IX, where it's more about what's going on in the individual storylines. And the overarching story is kind of just like this framework that they put over the top of stuff. It feels like the canopy, in a way, to a lot of what we're doing here, mm-hmm. where there is stuff for fans. But I think them trying to get try together... <clears throat> tying together all this lore and stuff can get really kind of convoluted. And I do appreciate the nods to the other games in the series, but it feels like based on the ending, I'm not really sure where you go from here, but I know where they're going to go from here because there's, there's kind of an ongoing, you know, we're on the rails of Ganondorf and that I kind of, maybe I'm wrong here. I don't know if I'm the only one who thought this. I thought the villain for a little bit was not Ganondorf. Is that a dumb thing to say? I mean, they keep referring to him as, like, the Demon King. What did you say, Colin? I said I didn't think that, okay. personally. I thought they, they set it up. <laughs> it was going to see us. Just being like, it's him. Well, they didn't say his name for a while, and I knew the Demon King was, like, the, obviously the implication has always been, like, he is the Demon King. But I was kind of hoping maybe we were going to have a um, Twilight Princess sort of event occur here where we're going to have somebody who's maybe a puppet or a sort of like stand-in till we get to the, the the greater thing here. But I think a lot of the story moments start to feel flat to me when there is so much other stuff going on. And given that it's a Nintendo game, and not to say that Nintendo isn't good with stories, or that's not, I don't want to imply that at all. I feel like I got so much more caught up in my own story with the game of yeah. the you know me and the way I'm moving through the game that it's a little difficult sometimes to be like, oh, that's crazy. My, one of the first things I did was get all the tears, but let's say hour 30. So at an hour yeah. 110, which is where I'm at now and wrapping up the game, I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, that did happen. Crazy. It's like, I think there's a little less impact if I would have played 40 hours of a more linear and narrative driven thing, you might get a little bit more like punch into that. You know, does that make, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And- there's definitely something I totally forgot about when I think I yeah. did it way before you and Murray did. And one of you guys brought it up later when we were talking. And I was like, oh, I forgot that even happened. 
Um, I'll, yeah. I, I know Seth is itching to get in here real quick. I just want to, like, I do want to emphasize, um, I'm with you, Wilk, in that, like, you know, would they re-release Skyward Sword as a lead-up to this. You could hear Fi or Fee, her voice in, like, the trailers and even in the intro sequence of the game. Um, and in terms of, like, Ganondorf even looks, when he's in Demon King form, even looks a lot like Demise. What the hell? Like, where is anything? So, like, I would prefer Nintendo to have never released any kind of timeline because, like, it just feels like they're, oh, you guys want a timeline? Okay. And then, but then they really advertise Skyward Sword as, like, the first one, which, okay, but then that establishes, like, you should follow up (laughs) with some of this stuff at some point. Like, you know, Fee is kind of like a, She's not really a character. She's literally just serves the purpose of helping Link, and she's the spirit of the Master Sword or whatever. But yeah, with how many allusions there are to the Master Sword being broken or whatever, and all this other stuff, and the Sky Islands, um, I expected something, <laughs> and I it made me feel dumb. Like it, it genuinely, like really let me down. Like, I stopped caring about Zelda stories, like, when I was, like, a, a, t- a teenager. I'm like, yeah, this is, it's not what they want to do, and that's fine. But now it's, like, they want to have their cake and have nobody eat it? It's kind of what it feels like to me. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't disagree with anything you've said. And the thing is, this is, this is frustrating about Nintendo. I'm, I care, I'm somebody who cares a lot about Zelda lore. I also care a lot about Mario in this way. And Nintendo doesn't give a shit about either one of them. <laughs> and the, the thing about it is, is to your point, like, I feel the exact same way. Hyrule Historia and the Zelda timeline, like, that was a marketing thing. Mm-hmm. They did it to make money. And, like, it was completely needless. And then Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom, both of them are completely non-committal to the timeline that they have established. So right. it's almost like you like it makes you feel foolish for thinking that there should have been a connection or something at all you know and it's like well that like that kind of sucks at the same time when it when it comes to ganondorf like i think that zelda for me anyway kind of gets away with the the big bad evil guy character Mm -hmm. because they're they're sort of just like because yeah he is like he's a nothing character he's there to be big and bad and evil and he wants to rule the world and make it some hellscape for reasons you know, like it doesn't really like Wind Waker Ganon at least had like, yeah, an understandable motivation. Like I want, I don't recognize this world as it is. I want it to be the way I remember it and everything. And like, that all makes sense. This Ganon has none of that. He's just like, yeah, wouldn't this be awesome if there was like blood and gloom and goblins <laughs> everywhere, you know? And um, so I, I just feel like, uh, I, I feel like Zelda though, it, it, it's sort of like, it's, it's almost like, I, I agree with what, what Wilkes said, where it's like a, it, it, it's more interesting to see the way the world responds to his actions mm-hmm. than it is to see him. Like, the little individual stories leading up to the temple, uh, to, to each of the temples, and then, like, the, the stuff going on with Zelda, I think, is, is, like, so interesting that it's actually, for me anyway, okay that Ganon kind of is just the catalyst for all of that. Like, I'm okay with it for me. I I mostly agree. I, I should have clarified. I don't know if I did. Uh, like, yeah, the overarching story, I think, is, like, bad. But, yeah, like, the, the individual stories and, like, the, like, when you have time to spend with the characters in the different towns and everything, like, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Like, 
um, yeah, Hateno is like a little miniature, low stakes, like mystery Majora's Mask type thing, and it's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would. It's so funny when I first started playing the game, and you're you know in the Sky Island for I don't know, it probably took me at least four hours, probably even more to get out of there. The whole time I was like, this could have been like a like a thirty dollar indie game, and this would be super beloved. Like just this section alone. Um, and that's how like every town feels in the game too. Um, every town has its own vibe, its own like, uh, yeah, quest going on. Yeah, it feels very Dragon Questy in that regard. Yeah, I, uh. I, I feel like uh, sorry. I spent a minute or two during this figuring out my password to my co-star. So just as a heads up, Seth, I got you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and but like. For, and again, like, it's funny playing something and, like, it being so big and being so, like, it, it, it's tough for me to digest this. I feel like we need to talk again in a month after I've sat with everything that's happened mm-hmm. to be like, and I mean, and again, some, most, everyone here has played more than I have, and I normally fall off of stuff. I have a, my attention span is pretty rough, but, like, it's incredible what they were able to do, and it, and it feels, again, like, a little, like, um, it kind of feels like a Zonai device in the way this feels like a battery strapped on to a larger vehicle. We are like, mm. we got to keep this thing running. So we'll just toss this thing on here and we'll see where this goes. And I kind of don't mind that. I do feel like at this point, maybe giving people what they want, which feels, I feel like we're not far off from a large group of people online, which I think is growing of people looking for a more traditional Zelda game with like, not, and I think this game does a really good job with the dungeons, but like lock and key dungeons and very more traditional Zelda stuff is is growing. I know they said they aren't going to do that, but I don't I don't know where that leaves us. But uh, yeah, I, I think overall the story. I think a lot of the beats missed me, not because I don't care, but I think by the time I got to them, I sort of disconnected and was a little, you know, um, I was I was not ready to move on. That's not the w- good way to put it, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like this game does so much so well that it's it, this is the one glare. I think this is the one that you can poke holes in pretty easy. You know, yeah. I think that's and for, for all things considered, for all things considered, that's that's I don't want to say that's good, but like if that's the, if that's the worst thing we have here, which I think I don't want to speak for everybody. I'm going to assume that's the 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 biggest gripe for a lot of people. I, I think that's okay. Like I don't say it's okay, but it's it's not it's not dismissible, but it's like a little like. We can kind of move past that, or I could at least move past that. I will say, I think... oh, sorry, go ahead, Tom. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I, I was just going to say about the story. I think one of the things that made me, not that it in particular was bad, but it made me kind of check out of what was going on with the story was how it was all kind of tied together with this, uh, these Princess Zelda sightings and everything. Mm-hmm. And which I get trying to have um, something to kind of bring all these stories together. But as soon as you start doing one of them, it becomes like explicitly clear what's going on mm. and that it's not actually Zelda. But then you still have to go through the stories and all these other areas and even smaller stories. And like, you you just want to be like, okay, why can't you just tell these people you already know what's going on? Right, like the, the ring st- ruins in particular. It's like... Yeah. yeah. You just have to go through the motions of everyone else finding it out themselves, but you can't <laughs> you can't be like, hey, uh I have a feeling that might not actually be her. It, it it's very, very bad in the in the Goron area, which I know the Gorons are, are 
positioned as like the comedic relief in general, but like Yunobu is just like, oh geez, why is Zelda going into that smoke? Why is she hanging out with the monster? It's like because yeah, she's Goro. Yeah, like, yeah, Goro. Goro. Yeah. Goro. Yeah. You're not saying Goro enough. This, I think. Almost everything, though, that that is wrong with it is just a symptom of it being the game it is. Yeah, you know, right. Like it, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'd, I'd almost rather they just didn't even try and have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, if there could have just they, been a different framing device of just like, hey, there's bad shit going on on Death Mountain. We gotta go fix it. Without, like, yeah, you can re- entirely remove the Princess Zelda sighting from that and have it be... Uh, the same thing. That said, I think what they were going for, and I noticed this. This is getting more less out of the more out of the story. We can still talk about the story, but like the feeling of like familiarity, and then like subverting your expectations, and then at times even like perverting your expectations. Um, when I first went to the Great Plateau, yeah, I said perverting your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I first went to the Great Plateau and like saw like you know the, the King's Hut and stuff like where I learned how to play Breath of the Wild and saw that it was taken over by the the Yiga clan that genuinely like it gave me like a really weird like like a dirty feeling. I was like like this this feels unnatural and like they took over like a place where I grew up. Like, it's, I don't know, it's like seeing, like, going back home after a few years, and it's like, oh, this is a shithole. Um, it, it, it was a really cool feeling, and I think that's what they were also going for with Zelda, or the fake Zelda, um, of right. giving, giving you hope of, like, oh, we're gonna find Zelda. Oh, it's not the real one. Well, uh, yeah, and, and I, and I like that the Yiga clan even takes advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Like they, like they know that this has fucked everybody up. Like they know that everybody is like all like, Oh my God, Zelda's popping up, but she's missing. Like what's going on here. And Link sort of knows what's happening, but the rest of the world is like pretty fucked up by it. And the Yiga clan's taking advantage of that. They're like, like when you do the, the side mission chain with pen and the, mm-hmm. the lucky star Gazette or whatever, lucky Clover Gazette rather. Um, like they're, posing as zelda all over the place and they're like oh well let's tug this string right you know and i think that's kind of cool like i kind of i kind of like that um but yeah i could i could see how how that would be an annoyance but i also too like when i compare this to stories in other zelda games like some of the little character moments in here are so much stronger yeah than almost <clears throat> anything we've seen in the series before so i'm kind of just thankful that we have we have what we have, I guess. And like, I, I'm kind of with you, Matt. And like, we should want more, I guess. Like we should kind of get more out of this. Uh, we, we should maybe even demand, you know, more or, or not be complacent with, with like these sort of non-committal stories. But like, I just took so much joy in seeing some of this stuff. Like the, the cut scene with Zelda, Rauru and Sonya yes. having tea and like, that got me teary eyed. Yeah. Um, I guess for people that don't know what we were referring to, it's when, um, yeah, it's when Zelda shortly after she first arrives in the past and she's drinking tea with Rauru and Sonya and she mentions Link and they're like, Oh, Link, who's this? And she goes on to describe Link and, um, it basically, to, to me, it's basically her just saying, yeah, he's not that strong or whatever, but he just keeps going. He won't stop. Like this dude is going to get this done. And I know I talked with Seth about it, but like 
that really hit me from the person like a meta perspective of like she watched over me in in uh, Breath of the Wild for a hundred hours, like blowing myself up and falling down cliffs and baking apple pies and sledding down mountains. And yeah, it took a while, but I eventually got there. Like I, the, I, the player didn't give up and we prevailed. And yeah, it was just a really, like, it was genuinely beautiful. I, I don't know. I, there's never been a better, like, Zelda moment, as in the character Zelda moment in the series for me of, like, she has complete faith that Link is going to get this done because he is. Like, she knows, I know, that's it. Um, I just, I wanted more of that. Um, I really wish there was, and, like, that was so quiet and sweet and beautiful compared to, like, Ganondorf sending a bunch of the Moldugas or whatever the hell they're called. Like, I mean, it was, it was cool, but it, it's still, it just, I was just like, okay. <laughs> like, um, I, I, should we talk about like the, the actual ending ending and like the, the That's reach? What I was just about to say, because I think I totally agree that I really like those, those moments. And I think there were a few of those moments in the tears flashbacks that really like i think partway through the game had me more interested in zelda as a character than basically any other game and i was really excited for <laughs> but i i kind of felt let down on how how things closed out and how it played out and not that it not that it like didn't make sense or like you know complete her story or anything but i think uh it felt just really expected like yeah. it it concluded uh, normally nothing nothing surprising nothing that uh threw my expectations for a loop or anything like that which i was kind of maybe hoping for a little bit right which i think gets back to like the game you know non-stop shocked me as a as a video game for like 180 hours and then the story just like my wife was like like do you think like do you think zelda is gonna, is she stuck as a dragon forever i'm like no even before I beat the game, I'm just like, no. Nah. <laughs> like, yeah. I was still hoping yeah. for, like, something. I knew we were, she was going to come back in some form, but um, it still was, like, I don't know. You, yeah, like, Colin and I talked about it yesterday. Um, you know, when she comes back from the dragon form, she's just like, okay, I was asleep. I don't remember any of that. And she's like, man, like, that really removes, like, when you first find out Zelda is the dragon and then, you know, the, the camera, yeah. you, you come back in that flower field and, and the camera's kind of pulled back and you see her flying away and you're surrounded by the silent princesses. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, that's, yes. that's really sad. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's super sad. And, like, it genuinely, it, again, it made me a little bit emotional because also, I you know, I, oh, I'm going to land on your head and, like, shoot your foot and, and grab the master sword <laughs> and some scales real quick. But, um, like... It, it genuinely made me sad, and then it just, it feels like that's all taken away. Not that I want Zelda to suffer as a character, but, like, you know, she made the decision. Like it undermined yes. a lot of it, it the, un like, the themes that it was trying to hit home with that storyline. It, like, undermines... Like, mm, never mind, everything's fine. Right, her, it undermines her, her decision and her determination of, like, no, like, I can do this. And, you know, you couldn't have won the final battle without her kind of thing, too. But, yeah, I don't... It, it just, it felt bad in a way, I don't know, in a way I wasn't expecting, even though I knew that we were going to fix the situation going in, it still was just like, mm, I don't know, you could have done something better with this. 
Um, but the moments leading up to it were fantastic. Like I loved the whole, the Ganondorf fight was good. The dragon fight was awesome. Even though I was wearing my skydiving outfit and it looked really dumb in the cutscenes afterwards. Um, <laughs> that's cool. I love that big old beak <laughs> and the googly eyes. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like Zelda, I got, I got choked up. Normally when I get sad watching something or playing something, I just, I get a little teary eyed or something, but uh, the, the reach for Zelda moment, I was straight up, like my breath was catching in my throat in a way I wasn't expecting either. Um, it was all amazing. And when you hit the water, I'm like, yes, let's cut, let's cut to black credits. And then no, they had, they had to go on for a little while longer, and I'm like, oh, like the, if they yeah. had cut there, I would have lost my mind. I I and I I apologize for how for how much of an apologist or or some sort of fanboy I'm going to sound like. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm about to say, but um, I like I come into Zelda like I kind of again this is going to sound like such a cop out, but I kind of like that. There's maybe a comfort for me in that, and I should also say that like. This is my favorite video game franchise. This is my first memory of being alive on this planet is playing Zelda with my uncle Aaron. And like, I, there's something about like, it's like that Bioshock infinite thing. There's always a Zelda. There's always a link. There's always mm. a Ganon. It's like that, that sort of like consistency and kind of like the knowledge that I'm going to save the day. I'm gonna, you know, reach for Zelda. I'm going to grab her. And like, it's gonna like that. And, and like, the the realization of, of the way that all crescendos is like at its ultimate like emotional height in this game and yeah like the the person in me that appreciates like a good like complicated story like it would have been badass if like i saved her and she like oh shit like what if she just doesn't remember me or anything about hyrule because she lost herself as the dragon and yeah zelda's back but where do we go from here that could have been something interesting and that could have been stakes or what if Link just didn't get his arm back? Like, what right. if he, you know, like some, some, like their actual loss. But like at the same time, and again, it's it's maybe just just rose colored glasses for my part. But I'm just like, I also just kind of like it. Like I'm also just kind of like, man, like as a Zelda fan, like I was thinking about where I want because I do think they're gonna do a third one, like with this this world and these characters, and I kind of just want them to grow old together. I kind of just want them to like enjoy each other a little bit, you know? And like, I don't know, like it's maybe like a sappy cheesy thing for me, but like, I kind of just like, if, if this is all it's ever going to be, then at least it's the ultimate version of that. Sure. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. I, and I totally like the idea of them being together. Like I didn't want like a sad ending or anything, but yeah, there were part of me, Briefly, I was like, what if, like, they both get sent back to the past? Like, yeah, there's no more Zelda and Link. And, you know, that's kind of how Ocarina of Time ends, is Link gets sent back, and that world no longer has a Link or whatever. Yeah, like, there were so many, like, things that they could have done. Um, again, I'm even fine with the ending up through, yeah, the the falling in the lake. That was beautiful. I'm like, this is incredible. It, it just, everything that came after that, I'm just like, oh, this just, this feels like an epilogue of an anime, but like a bad one. Um, mm. especially with like, you know, the, the, the post credit scene, everyone's just like, we'll protect Zelda and that's it. And just, I, I don't know. It just, it didn't do anything for me. Um, but I also want to emphasize like this game is still like a 10 out of 10. Like these are just, this is, oh, yeah. 
this is like yeah, nitpicking. Yeah, it it nitpicky is the right word, but it's also like when we're just gonna gush about the game for the rest of the time. Mostly, we might as well just get the story stuff out of the way. That's fair. But I won't be. I won't be. I got some stuff to say. All right, tell tell me about your arrow situation. <laughs> I honestly, I, I like looking at it from the story thing and like hearing y'all's talk about it is like always. I'm always so fascinated because my my takeaway, I this is this is this is a lot of. In, I don't want to go too deep into this, but like my insight was like, oh, I on what what did you say on Monday? We got we're gonna talk about it on Thursday. I hadn't beaten the game, so mm-hmm. I decided to go see what was going on, and I did not know I was going to get through the game. I was like, I'm gonna go down there, see what's up, and if I get through it, I do. If I don't, no stress. I'll come back. Tuesday or Wednesday. And then I went and did it and I was like, oh shit, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So like I I anti-climaxed myself into a situation <laughs> where I was like, I messaged John, I was like, oh shit, um, I beat that. And it felt anticlimactic to me because I was a little stressed about finishing the game before this. I wanted to make sure I saw like a good portion of the game. So I had a mo I, like those moments were all there and I watched them and I was like, oh, that's what they want to do with this. And like, oh, we're going to grab her in the, you know, connection. There's some humanity here. There's some, there's some, there's some stuff going on. There's probably a, a little bit more overarching fear that I need to like connect with in my head. And I hadn't really thought about it since then. So to hear y'all talk about it, it's really interesting from, from y'all's perspective of, for me, where I, I think it didn't fall flat. I was just like, this is the ending to a game that can't really tell a certain kind of story, given the nature of the, the story. So right. for me, it's like, oh, this is all, I don't want to say this is all we can do. It feels like anything beyond this wouldn't work in the context of the framing of that. That's what I was trying to say earlier, where like every area does tie together, but like even then by the time you go for the fifth uh, spirit and you get into the ring rooms, you're like, this has just been sitting here this entire game. And like, I've been waiting to get up here because I'm very curious what happens. And I really like that. But like hearing you found the fifth uh sage before <laughs> like it, it's crazy like we're like part of me the game has compensated for that so there is some level of like not detachment for me but just being like this is just addressing this is just it, it, it's nice to see it and this ties you know this ties everything together but it's not why i'm here at this point and i always do enjoy the, the game of this and i enjoy reading some lore i don't know if i'm on seth's level but like i like watching some video essays about this and like i you know was watching an hour and a half long video about the history of the zoni uh you know a couple days ago but like overall i think a lot of my nitpicks are left to the story and more i think colin can probably attest to this too some of the like the 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 control stuff the the less modern approaches from nintendo uh there's some of the descriptions quest the hints i'm like yo this is baffling i don't know what this means like and I don't know if that's just me, but I feel like I was reading some stuff and being like, I, I don't know. But then, like, and I, I, I'm now at the point where I'm like, I don't mind using a guide or, like, something to supplement my own. Like, I don't want to get so frustrated that I don't do something because right. I feel like in a game this big, I, you know, you can always come back. But this is the point where I'm like, hey, I want to see some stuff and I want to get this stuff done. I think that's one of my biggest yeah. gripes is just that and, like, the, the fact that there's a map button on the radial menu when I feel like there should be something for yeah. armor. I wish there was a better... Yeah, uh, that's so weird. Oh I switch armor all the time in this. Mm. I'm constantly, and especially in the depths, you should be able to make sense. Yeah. yeah. Sets. There should be a set button. You want gloom? Okay, gloom with climbing. Oh, I want the climbing shirt. I, don't, I want the bonus from this. Like, I got frustrated because I was, like, I was constantly using froggy climbing. I love love climbing i don't know what it is i enjoy doing it it's my main yep. way of traversing 
this world rather than having a map on this like there's got to be a better way to do this and i feel like it's almost like nintendo put maybe just a little too much there it's like it's tough there's only so many buttons like you know what i mean it's it's that's the most frustrating thing to me but even then i wasn't like annoyed to stop playing the game or like even like oh come on it was just more of like this could this i think there could be a solution here I think a lot of Western games have sort of figured that out, and this is not trying to get into like some weird Japanese. Versus, I, I feel like Nintendo is still a little stuck with the gameplay. Obviously, comes first, but like sometimes your interaction with that gameplay, I feel like there's a better vehicle for it. And I think they could take some other stuff from West. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm off base here, but I feel like there's. A, I don't know how to phrase no, I, that. Like, I agree. Um, the amount of times, in particular, the one thing I can think of. It's when I would try to throw items at enemies, oh. and to do that, you have to like prep, throw your weapon, and yeah. then you so you have to hold the R, then D pad up, then select while you're still holding yeah. stuff. Yeah, and mm -hmm. there were so many times when I just like I hit buttons in the wrong order or did something and like would accidentally either like throw my weapon or like select the wrong yeah. thing because i'm trying to like hold so many buttons at once and i mean it works but there it's also such a long game and there's so many things going on that there are so many times when i would just not do the thing that i was trying to do yeah that happened to me a lot too i i definitely like the the games yeah the, the controls are are like really overly complicated in yeah. a lot of ways in, in, in a very un-nintendo way yeah yeah for sure like they they just they make the absolute most like every button on that controller is, <laughs> is used has like, like multiple they, functions yeah for three different things it's crazy <laughs> like to the point like my, my the nephews, <laughs> yeah yeah well, and I, I find myself having to play it like like the claw. Like, I, yes. like I'm like grabbing it like yes. this, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, it's it's like a little ridiculous. I, I I could give and have given like Breath of the Wild to my nephews and like just go, you know, my nephews who are five and six, like just go and just play. And like if I did that with this game, like they couldn't do it, you know? Like they they could you know run around and hit things with their sword or whatever, but in terms of like engaging with the actual mechanics. Like there is so much to it. Like it is, it's a little wild how how complicated it is. Surprisingly so. Yeah, especially when you start bringing in like the powers into it, and like uh, our friend Boogs just started playing the other day, and he was asking me like, how do you, how do you get this glider to work? Like it, I'm doing this 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 and this, and like I can't get it to work. I'm like, yeah. Like it, unless you have like a, a, a um, like minecart rails, like way. like you need wheels or something. And then I, but then I told him the way I figured it out, I can just lift the glider up, hold it there for a second, put it back down, jump it. on it, oh. and then rewind it, and then then go. And he was like, I never would have thought of that. I'm like, yeah, like there's so much in this game that like I'm 99% sure, like I'd say like a third of the puzzles, maybe a fourth of the, the shrines, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And, and I just, yeah. I just, yeah like guffed my way through it which is fine i think that's also intended um my favorite one of those i actually just did yesterday it was one of the last shrines i had um to do it was in the desert and you have to cross some like quicksand and then you get to like a, a switch or something and then 
a ball drops down that you need to put in its place and that opens the door. But as the ball is dropping down, like a, a big mallet comes and swings and knocks that thing like a mile away across all this quicksand. And they have, they give you all the stuff to make like a hovercraft to go and get the ball and bring it back and avoid all the, the sand traps and pit holes and quicksand. But I quickly hit rewind fast enough. I, I, I'm like, oh shit. And instinctively held L went to rewind time froze and then i just rewound the ball right to me so that shrine was done in like 20 seconds in a way that it felt like it was gonna take like minutes and that's cool like that's great and i know like that's not like an oversight on their part they i'm sure in qa testing that they realized that was possible and they're like yeah that's cool leave it in but at the same time uh yeah there's so much going on that i don't know half the time if i'm doing the right thing which is exciting. Um, I think that kind of gets into like the main thing I feel about this game that what this game does differently than any other game. And that's like, have trust in the player. Um, like Wilkins brought up, my wife found the fifth stage stuff, like the, where you start the fifth stage stuff in the thundercloud in the sky. She found that, uh, she'd only done the water in the wind temple and she was just flying through the sky and landed there and started that quest. And I had found the construct factory underground previously. So I knew we were going to be building a robot. I knew that really early on and I was really excited about it. But then, yeah, she found that. And I was like, what the hell? So I went up there and I repeated her actions. And yeah, I also went down there and I built the robot before having any of that quest ready to go. And then Wilkins and Colin were both texting me like repeatedly like how did you do this how did you figure this out and i was like so bad i was like like, i don't understand but i had to go through these steps right it was like when you were saying and i was just like what the fuck is going on but like i was like oh shit i was confused why everyone else was confused i'm like we just landed up there what's the big deal but then later on when i was doing all the my last shrine to get was one of those ones up there it wasn't the one where you right next to where you start that quest but the one that's like higher up over like west because mm-hmm. i did land up there i made a flying machine to where i could land up there and i knew there was a shrine up there but i could not see for the life of me so i'm 200 hours into this game i'm like how the hell like i'm i've beaten it but how the hell do i clear this cloud like there has to be a way to clear this cloud not realizing that i never finished the ring ruins section of the game um but that's so cool. Like, that's frustrating, but it's also really cool. And even just the act of, like, getting up there and putting the uh, the eye or whatever on the glider and gliding down to where it's pointing you. The whole time I was doing this, I'm like, no other game would have the faith in you as a player to do all this. Like, they wouldn't, like, all right, here you go. You're going to take this thing that you can lose. I mean, obviously, it'll reset eventually if you lose it. But, like, you can take take this thing. It's a mile in the sky. You got to glide down to this rainforest and put it in the proper place. And there you go. Figure it out. Um, no other game I've ever, not even Breath of the Wild, had that much faith in me. Uh, yeah, it, it's really impressive. Like, we talk about how, like, magical this game is. But that, that to me, is, like, what makes it magical is the fact that, yeah, they just, they don't uh, handhold you, like, at all. Not one bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. My- my my friend Cody was telling me um, he did, like he got to the Wind Temple without Tulin. 
Like he just got up there. <laughs> That's really without cool. Him. Like he like he was able to so have, like just enough stamina to like ed- like barely edge out because you normally you have to like jump on those Viking ships yeah. and like mm-hmm. Zulin's power to like push you over. He was able to do it without him. Like you, he got to the temple and he couldn't like he couldn't actually do anything because. Um, he's actually a little annoyed because you uh, you need Tulin's ability to activate like those wind turbines or whatever in the right. temple, and right. it isn't it isn't just like oh if I had a Korok frond or something I could throw wind at it and it would just work. Like you do need the you know Tulin with you, but he was able to get there without him, which is like wild to yeah. me, and I love that. Like I I love hearing stories like that where like. The, the game does sort of just not only does it not handhold you, but like it allows you to break it. Yeah. And like I, I kind of love that there's like dumb shit in there. Like people found out that you could activate like in the shrines with the, the, the trick, like the plate triggers with the target, you can just shoot a bomb arrow at it. Yeah. And, like, Col- Colin told me about that. that. I was like, what? I spent 40 <laughs> minutes trying to do this. Thing. Yep. Yeah. I made use like a- of that a couple times <laughs> when I was just like, I just want this from the shrine. <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah, ready I saw to move friend, on. Like, like a friend of mine posted uh, that 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 shrine where you have to basically make like a pinball uh-huh. you know, thing or like a baseball bat swing, and like just walked up to it and shot it with a bomb arrow. I was like, hang on, what? Like, yeah. you know. But I love that. Like that, yeah. that's what, moments like that. Like, cause I mean, hell, before this game came out, we we're still seeing people figure out weird stuff in Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and and I love that. Like for the next several years probably we're gonna mm-hmm. see people just figuring out weird dumb little ways to to like break this game and i love that the game allows for that and i also I can't even imagine what we're gonna see right it's yeah it's gonna be insane there, someone already made like an infinite flying machine that like when it runs out of battery it's electric powered and then that helps charge your battery back and then you keep going up some more um yeah, like I also love that you don't even have to engage with any of that if you don't want to either. Like yeah, if you if you still just want to play this, like hey, I'm gonna ride my horse everywhere and that's it. Like you can totally do that. Um, I guess we should talk also. Let's let's we we've we've got the touchy feely. We're all happy with each other again. Wilkins and Colin, why don't you like the Zora stuff? I I know I, I'm just saying I thought I thought. I think every temple in this game is simpler than I thought it was going to be. I just didn't love the boss, especially phase two. I thought it was a little, and this is probably just due to the arrow issue. That <laughs> there are times where I was confused about like that kind of stuff. I think the dungeon's good, but I, I, I probably beat that dungeon in under 20 minutes. Yeah. That one I think was the easiest one. Definitely. I, I would I agree with that. Like, by far. I kind of was ready for that at that point where I just wanted a simple one. But I agree about the boss. And this is, I think we kind of touched about this earlier. But especially the second point, or the second phase of that boss, there are just certain things in this game where I don't understand what it either wants you to do or, like, the quote-unquote right way to do things. You know, even though in any given situation there's a million ways you can solve an issue, but... I had no idea what I was supposed to do in the second phase of that fight, and that little octopus just kept jumping away, and I, uh, Sidon's power did not keep up fast enough to be able to deal with the ink, so I just was using uh, the splash fruits I had, and Mm. then uh, using bomb arrows to hit 
the octopus as it was going away and i i was like i don't this doesn't feel like what i'm supposed to do but this is the only thing i can figure out for how to hit him literally if i would try anything else i could not hit him at all so i that was i think by far my least favorite fight in the game just because i didn't know what was the correct way to do things and i felt like i was just struggling trying to like find out what what to do to get past it because the first phase of that fight was fun and easy mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it switches and i'm like wait what is going on D- does it come back to the arrow issue like wilkins said because yeah i just shot splash 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 fruit arrows and that was yeah it yeah, was just done like instantly i'm kind of noticing a trend and this is not like this is not a bit that there's like Colin and I have a very similar trajectory, and the yeah. people who put in a little bit more time of us have a little bit of a different trajectory. And I don't know if it's like I feel like typically I feel pretty isolated in like my like I'll say an opinion about something like this, and everyone be like, "You're insane." And then I this is the first time I'd like not to say this not the first time. I feel like Colin and I had a really, really, really similar path through this. Yeah, we're like. Yeah, I don't know what it was. There was a while there where I did have plenty of arrows, and then towards my latter half of the game, I ran out of arrows again. Like I bought arrows a lot in this game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did too. Sometimes if I was if I was at a stable or whatever, like beetle, I'm like, yeah, give me all twenty whatever your arrows. Yeah. But that that was a that was a supplement to my hundreds of other arrows. My thing was yeah. it's just like, I feel like they did, if you weren't doing all three things in conjunction frequently enough, if you weren't in the sky or down below, I feel like. Maybe I'm wrong here. Arrows on the mid level were the most stark. Pro- I think that's I, true. Yeah, I feel like that's that's just my and I feel like there's a while there where I was doing stuff more fo- and like there would be times where I'm like, oh, I'm using, I'm doing a certain set of things back to back to back that all require a lot of arrows, but I'm not replenishing or looking for more arrows. So rather than being like, oh, they are in crates, I should go get these crates, or I should, you know, destroy this enemy base and do that. Um, I, I think all the dungeons, I, I'm curious to see where everyone else lands on this. Like, is there a favorite amongst the group? How do we feel like these rank in the overarching, like, Zelda canon here? I'm like, are these going to be forgotten about? Are we looking at some new favorites? Did did we all break the Goron Temple because it was the Fire <laughs> Temple? Because uh, not everyone wants to play with minecarts for two hours. Uh, you know, very curious. Um, I will say, I, I did the Goron Temple second, or the Fire Temple second, and then I later watched my wife do it, and yeah, she solved things in a completely different way for me, which again, oh, I th- I think it's cool, but at the same time, like, yeah, that I'm, I'm never a fan of the dungeons in any Zelda game where it's like a whole bunch, it's very vertical, and there's like vehicles or mine carts or whatever, and I have to like wait for a platform to go up, like... I don't know if it's just my brain, but those are always like the most intimidating to me. Um, in terms of like favorites, yeah, it's it's hands down the the Lightning Temple, right? Like, there's no way. In terms of like the, it was te- the only one that felt tightly designed. Like yeah, like older Zelda stuff. I think. Like yeah. that, from that one feels traditional. Right? Yeah, from like a puzzle Very solving perspective, up. that's that it's hands like that's the only one that like really stands out to me across like Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild. Um, and I guess also the fact that it's using like the mirror shield stuff um, mm-hmm. is also very evocative of older Zelda games. Um, yeah, I th- overall, it has to be the Lightning Temple for me, though. Wasn't a huge fan of that boss. I really like how you beat the boss. I like that power, but that also got into the whole "why are my stages running away from me" thing. Why isn't this on a radial menu to activate their power? Yeah. I, I agree. I do not like how they did the sages, and that 
was the most annoying thing in any boss fight uh was especially the lightning one was she she was always just running away from me and she's and I would have to all chase the time her. she's so all small so like even if i i had to disable the other sages even to see her but then i, I can't even catch up to her. a button yeah, yeah. i was running past that, her that's what... i was like i don't know when this prompt is actually gonna <laughs> pop up so i'm just sitting there smashing the button for when it like when i happen to cross the exact paths with her and then sometimes like, I would do it and then undo her power again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, e- even in like normal like exploration, like I, I always just have Tulin out. Yes. His, his, he's so yes. useful. I just, he's just always out. And like I will just go to like pick something up, accidentally activate his ability. And then the thing I was going to get picked up is pushed mm-hmm. away by the wind. I'm like, Jesus. And I feel like a dumbass like chasing it down. And, um, you know, so like that kind of stuff is, is, Again, it's weirdly clunky. Like it's it it's weirdly inelegant, I guess. Um, mm. Especially since we've kind of solved for that already. Like, why doesn't it just work the way it did in Breath of the Wild? Like, I don't understand. That's why it isn't oh. just exactly like that. Um, but but yeah, like the the Thunder Temple, like or Lightning Temple, whatever it is, it it does feel like the most traditionally designed i personally had the most fun with the water temple like i did too even though it was super easy it like amazing so fun. it's super cool yeah yeah like i just i just like loved it was like the zero the low gravity jumping in all the little right. water orbs the, the music is incredible like i just that was the most like fun i had in any of the temples even though it was by far the easiest it, yeah, it it felt like that. all it, the low gravity stuff was so fun. Whenever the, the the blue orbs came up, I got very excited. Yeah, I was like, this is so cool because they show that like there's that difference. I, I you know I think I just wanted to say that because it, it's I, I don't want to come across as I know Seth has already discussed this game on a podcast with other people for hours. Like I think I think hitting some of those like not only like to be like I don't want to just seem like we were both everyone's like yeah this thing sucked. We didn't like this yeah. game. Like I cannot stress how much of my like the space in my mind this game took up in an uh, almost unhealthy way. Where yeah. I it's the, I haven't had this maybe since Elden Ring and then before then Metal Gear Solid Five. Where I'm like I don't know what else to do. This is all I can think about. This is what I want to be doing. There's so much here, and I, I feel like yeah. those temples in, in particular. And I, I think the, I I don't want to speak for everybody. It sounds like the Fire Temple kind of happened to be the weakest one for everybody overall. Yeah. By, Far and away, I think. <laughs> and I don't know if it's because I, I climbed and solved everything. There was a point where I tried to do it how it wanted me to do it, and it was one of the last things. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. And I just jumped and jumped and jumped and then got down and was like, all right, I'm good. Like, it's over. Like, I, when I first started, I was like, okay, this is cool. And then I got into a, the – it was on the third floor. There was a room with, like, going up, down, two changes of the of – the, and I was like, I – don't want to think about this right yeah and i didn't i just decided not to which the game is it, it's insane that that's a possibility i'll be very curious to see if like other people online kind of feel the same way and i felt like that was what's the boss oh the um go- 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 the- goma. yeah goma, goma from oh, no. goma from yeah. the yes um but no i i feel like all those temples are a much better thing i i and i didn't i, I think all the bosses are good if not yeah some of them are really solid. I think a set piece is the first boss in particular is the, I guess I did it, the Rito boss. The, the uh, Colgera, yeah. Yeah, I think that is by far like one of the great set piece. Really fascinating. Like when I first got there, I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. That first temple, 
looked cool. The first temple really got me because I, I think I got there before y'all, or maybe we were discussing it about it at the time. I don't know where seven, like we were all, I was like, wow, they, they have like a get up into the sky, look at this, look what's going on. And I, I feel like some of that, like, I don't know, that feeling didn't wane. But I, I think I saw some Seth saying some of this too in the chat. I don't know how y'all felt. Well, like some of the, the mystical sort of like, aha moments were left for Breath of the Wild, where this was a lot more like about the gameplay for me and the emergence of like putting stuff together and feeling connected to what's going on through the gameplay, rather than Breath of the Wild had a lot more moments for me where like, there's a dragon on the screen. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> this is so cool. And this game, there was a little less of that, that like wonderlust and a little bit more of like, oh, wow, I can't believe I just did that. I'm a genius. Right. Like, I, I think these are two very different schools of thoughts and paths through this game. And I think like, hearing how people solve some of these dungeons. I think that's like probably the most profound thing I took away from this is like, we all think very, very differently and seeing everyone solve stuff like that is so interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, in regards to like, yeah, contrasting it against like the mood of Breath of the Wild, like, yeah, Breath of the Wild just feels like, like a, a Studio Ghibli movie. Like, well, they, they, they both kind of do, but in very different ways. Like Breath of the Wild is like a Princess Mononoke um like obviously like the the inspirations are obvious i mean a little bit here too like with the the arm and stuff but like you know i i always look forward to when nintendo decides to tackle genres that they're like uncomfortable with like, you know smash bros is the nintendo take on fighting games and uh mario kart is the nintendo take on racing games and blah 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 um like breath of the wild to me was their take that's a Nintendo take on an open world game. So it's, it, it, it takes a familiar thing, but it's very much its own thing. Like, you, you know, we've had a couple breath of the wild likes in, in you know, a uh, little Gator game and short hike and that Ubisoft game with the Greek gods that no one played. Um, Tears of the kingdom to me, it's no, like it's, kind of a more traditional open world game when you ignore like all the building stuff, but like the, the structure of it and like the writing of it and, and all that feels to me like Nintendo was like, okay, yeah, we did our own thing with breath of the wild. Now let's, let's do a more traditional open world game. And also it's weirdly a more traditional Zelda game than breath of the wild at the same time. Yeah. It, it, it feels, it felt to me like it was a, you know, it was a response. And Zelda is a series that is always kind of responding to the last one, mm -hmm. I feel like. Like, that, that they've always been doing that, you know, really since, really since Majora's Mask, really since Wind Waker. It's like, cool, you, you didn't like cartoon Zelda? Well, here's Grimdark Zelda. Right. And it's like, cool, well, you, like, you you know, what what's the, the correction to that is something like Skyward Sword, something more lighthearted and story heavy oh you didn't like the handholdy opening of skyward sword well here's breath of the wild you know and and you didn't like the the divine beasts and the blight ganons well here's tears of the kingdom where you've got something that is you know i think that i think it is probably the closest approximation temples in this game are are kind of the the best like cross-section of traditional zelda dungeons and and divine beast like something that fits in the structure and i love the way like we've we've kind of talked lightly about how they each have like individual stories tied to them like that to me is so much more effective as a driving force than i just need to go here because there's some item that i need in there or something like that like i like that it is not only 
I have to solve the issue that is happening with with these people and and like helping them survive this new like fucked up post upheaval world or whatever. But it also is really cool and smart. I think the way that they've like the areas of the map are annoying to traverse if you don't do those temples. You know, right. like they they push you in those directions because if you don't it's a pain in the ass like, to, <laughs> to, to get around. So like even the most selfish player who doesn't care about the story whatsoever might feel compelled to do the temple because at least now the desert's going to be cleared up. At least now I can actually, Oh God. Yeah. You know, the desert, I, so. I, I, I hated it at first. Uh, yeah. It was genuinely annoying, which is a shame. I did that. That was my last one. I feel like that's probably a lot of people's last one, probably. Yeah. Um, which is a shame because, yeah, overall, I ended up loving it. And I think a lot of the, the shrines there are super good. But, yeah, man, like, I like the way I approached the game was, or I liked approaching the game was, like, in the, in the, uh, the Zora area. You know, I found, like, like 15 caves and, like, f 10 shrines all before I even went to the Zora area, you, you don't want to do that in the Gerudo area. You can, I'm sure, but you don't want to do that. It definitely felt more sparse, I think, overall. And I think that, like, that's the... Uh, getting back to something, I think that's a really good point, because it feels like, as somebody who's played every Far Cry game, which is <laughs> not a, a, a thing I'm proud to say I, out loud... I didn't know that. That's actually shocking. I, I know, yeah, I've played... I think <laughs> I, I well more so like three, four, five, and six rather than one and two. I think they out Ubisoft, Ubisoft, and that's like what you were saying earlier about like Nintendo kind of coming into a genre and being like, well, we kind of think Minecraft looks cool. Let's try something like that. Let's try there. There are actual towers in this game, not like the. It's like here's this por more portion of the map, and it really like scratched that itch for me, which I think a lot of the games don't do, which is like the game is very good at a lot of things and it's good at some things too but like overall the package just is just so compelling and it's just like it's wild to play something and be like this just feels so fun to do even mundane stuff like going into a well or going into a cave and finding some of that stuff and, and wanting to upgrade your armor and trying to find warm danners to upgrade something else and being like oh i need this stuff to keep this the cycle might be the best in any modern game to me i know that's like a pretty hyper like a, a lot of hyperbole or hyperbolic statement but it's like i think the wheel here the hamster wheel here and the carrot of the stick of this game are like unmatched and i think nintendo deserves it's uh it's stripes for that i feel like every item in the game has its use yeah like in so many games i just don't care about you know collecting all these little random items or anything but well Literally everything in here you can like put into some kind of potion or meal or whatever or anything. And that was a problem I had with Breath of the Wild. Again, as a response to Breath of the Wild, is like, yeah, I'm picking up all these keys eyeballs, but what can I do? I have uh, hundreds of them. What can I do with them? Well, in here, they're literally like the best item in the game. You can attach them to your arrows and then kill Gleox in like 30 seconds. It's amazing. Um, yeah, I love like, yeah. I, I guess we gotta start talking about the combat a little bit then, uh, which I guess is our another another controversial thing. When we talked three weeks ago, or two weeks ago, whenever it was, we all agreed like, yeah, the combat's like whatever. Yeah, I, I kind of avoid it. I'm like all in on the combat. 
now. Like, I actually go out of my... Now, sometimes it's just for materials and, like, oh, there's a silver dude. I need some of his stuff. Um, it started off with... I, I started playing the game more like a Ratchet and Clank game where I was just cycling between things to attach to my arrows. And, like, you can utterly annihilate hordes of enemies in the game just not even using bomb arrows, but just mixing and matching between, like, Dazzle Fruit and the, the Muddle Buds and whatever. It It's genuinely pretty satisfying. And, again... It's kind of emblematic of the whole rest of the game of like you can approach the situation however you want, and yeah, just running away is also a completely viable option most of the time. But yeah, then I figured out you know I landed on a couple dragons and gotten their their one per cycle item before, but I didn't realize yeah on their spikes you can grab those little there's like always like ten or twelve of them I think, and I started attaching those to weapons. And just really going all in on, like, having elemental builds and stuff. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Like, um, yeah, if I'm in a fire area, yeah, I want to have a fire weapon. And also put on the um, the ember suit that, like, makes it, gives me, like, fire attacks at the end of it. Um, yeah, I, I straight up, like, like the combat now. And I never expected that based on my first 50 hours with the game. I, I think. Ooh, please, yeah. please. I'm, I'm curious to hear these two, but my, I think what it comes down to for me is I, I completely understand and acknowledge like how intricate the battle system is and how well it works. But I think like a a personal preference for me is, at least when it comes to combat having to think about so much resource management just at at a base level makes me not want to engage with it sure i understand like i'm someone who i'm always trying to minimize in this game always trying to minimize how much i engage with the combat because i don't want to lose the resources i have i'm always thinking like okay well i don't want to use any of these like eight good weapons I have because I want to save them for like one of the big bosses or like mm-hmm. the final boss or something like literally towards the end of the game. I think I had like, like two weapons that I was using for other combat. Cause all the other ones were like those gloom weapons that I had got from Hyrule castle or like the big Goron sword or uh, things like that where I just, I was strategizing on how not to use them. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, which I, I, I. That's just me, but I, I don't love that. That's how it makes me think of things. Sure. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It just that's that's basically how I played through the game was avoiding combat as much as I could, um, just to to keep the things I liked around longer. I mean, it's it's the mega elixirs in Final Fantasy, right? Like, oh, I have like seventy mega elixirs, but who? I might need seventy one. I don't want to use any of them. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, I did the same thing in yeah. those games too. I, I, I was a little different here, not to completely cut off Murray. No, go like, for it. I felt I'm normally that person who's like, why would I use any of this shit? And I was like, I want to see what this does. I want to yeah. see what this looks like when I attach this to a weapon. Oh, if I attach it to a Zonite weapon, it does this. Okay, that's called this. I think that's a really interesting element of just, like, there's enough enemies. There was a while there where I was a little scared, and then it got to a point where, like, the enemies raise up with you as you get further and further the game. And I don't really know what triggers that, if it's finishing the temple. Hearts? Or if it's how many... I, I think it's hearts. Is it hearts? Okay, that makes sense. And it got to a point where I was like, yeah, this is... 
I don't know. I, I think the combat is both like a bit, it's not as bad as Skyrim, but it's not as good as Elden Ring, obviously, but it's somewhere sure. in between where there's a lot of experimentation to be had if you want to do that. But I feel like a lot of this is getting back to more and more of like, what are you putting in versus putting out? And the game being like, we really want you to go as far with it as you want to. Like right. there is no like, and I'm not saying that like makes it bad. Cause then Colin, again, you and I are on a very similar page here. We're like, I, I went through like the phase of being like, I got to keep this stuff. Ooh, I'm going to save this one. And now I'm like, whatever, you know, what? if I need it, I'll go kill this, this, and this, and I'll be fine. I'll kill, uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of the, the name, but also I should mention, I never killed a Gliok, didn't fight a Gliok the entire time. I tried fighting him, did never finish killing a Gliok 110 hours into a game. It is fascinating to, I fought a Lionel, some Lionels twice. I did not do the Lionel challenge, um, which also I know Murray, I don't know if Steph did that as well I for did. Majora's Mask. Let's go. I, I think given the, the reward, I figured that was, you were going to be all about it, yeah. but um yeah. I, I think the combat is, is it's it's overrated and it's underrated. I think there's a lot of elements to it that are really interesting and like using Zora weapons became the coolest thing you could do. You can be like, oh, it's wet now. I'm doing 150 damage. Right. I'm smoking people. But like <laughs> keeping that up with you and be like, Sidon's gonna hit me with the okay. And now I'm going and I'm cruising. I feel like a lot of those moments. But I had a lot of moments where I'm like, is this thing's health bar ever gonna go down? Is this ever gonna happen? Are we ever gonna be able to live? And we also didn't touch on Ganondorf's. Uh, health bar and the second oh, phase of that fight yeah. never that is awesome it just going and it, i was like oh yeah. oh man this is so fucking cool and like i i did appreciate him cycling through all the phantom uh the phantom items though i felt like there were a lot more phantom ganondorfs in the overworld than i thought there would be and i kind of wish they would have switched that up and i don't know if there's a lore implication from that of like why he why where the phantom ganons occurred where i found one in the, the um uh, what's the tropical region where the weird animals live that everyone thought that Zelda was with? Farron? Yeah, Farron. Farron, yeah, that's South Area. Also, if you fed uh, the luminous stones to those creatures, they spit out, they shit out, yeah. uh, which is just a weird thing that, like, this game has a very, like, I want to say old GameCube, Nintendo 64 era, like, humor that, like, I feel like some Switch games have been lacking or like 3ds where like you you know i don't know i don't know if it's some of the translation but i feel like they have there's a lot of characters and some dialogue sorry this is a complete tangent that i'm just like <laughs> funny and that's just like goofy in a yeah. way that i was like i really appreciate that the tone of a lot of stuff just felt a little bit less like doom and gloom and a little bit more like this is all really weird isn't it, it it's very zelda in that way like it reminds me of like majora's mask and like wind waker era zelda of like like yeah. again, that was like the Tingle era. We haven't, that, yeah. Wind Waker was the last uh, mainline game we saw Tingle in, which is a shame. I'm R.I.P. Like yeah, yeah. like <laughs> uh, come on, like Tingle's yeah. gr great, and it it makes me mad that yeah the that there I forget I think it was an interview in EGM. They're like yeah we stopped putting Tingle in games because we found out Americans thought he was lame. It's like yeah he is lame, but that's what makes it good. Americans think most things are lame. And yeah. like, what a, who gives a shit? That's right. not something I would ever take into like actual consideration. I, uh, yeah, I, I think, I, I think the combat overall, like again, all these things to, like nitpick at it, it's, it is really crazy to play something for 110 hours and then still be like, Oh yeah, I think in 60 hours I might be doing something different. Right. Like, I might be playing this differently. And like, even then early on, I want to say, I did not love the opening. I did not love the opening area. I felt like it was a, this game, I got rocked 
for a little <laughs> bit. And I was like, yo, is this like, what, what's, what are they doing? Like the first 30 hours, I felt like I really kind of was not broken. I was having a good to, to great time, like probably closer to great. But that first time, the snow area on the starting area, I was like, oh my gosh, I need more of this. And I like wasn't playing it right. And I felt like I was like kind of bashing my head against it a little bit rather than like trying to meet it where it was. Cause I like, I didn't have the glider. I kind of felt like I knew this was the starting area. And maybe I'm the only one who felt that way. I feel like, I think Murray, you in particular were like, yo, this is really cool. I spent some time exploring here. And I felt like that's probably where I should have been. And that's like, I don't know, again, meeting a game where it's at rather than trying to like force upon whatever I thought the game was, you know, wanting me to do versus where it actually is. I I think I'll answer that real quick and then yeah, I want to toss it to Seth for the his combat thoughts. But um Oh sorry, I, I completely cut everything. No, 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 you're, you're, it's fine. That's 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 what this is. Um I don't I don't know how I feel overall about the starting area because, I mean, yeah, it's the tutorial area. Like, it's not supposed to be as freeform as the rest of the game. And it's, it's the again, it's like the only kind of instance where there's any hand-holding and it's still not that much. Um, personally, I really liked, like, yeah, the mood up there and just in the sky in general. The really, like, new-agey, like, my dad joined a cult after his third divorce vibe going on up there um and so like i i love it from that perspective but i can see how for some people the start it's like a little too slow i mean you could say the same about breath of the wild i guess breath of the wild it feels like you have more freedom because like you're on a land mass and you're not stuck to these like sky rail thingies mm-hmm. um overall though yeah i i liked it i wasn't like in love with it but it was kind of the prospect of like, okay, okay, I, I know I'm getting closer and closer to like the, the, the real game, so to speak. And yeah, the saxophone was good. And the saxophone during the final battle was incredible too. Hell yeah. I thought it had the same issue that Wilk and I talked about earlier with other things where I think it was unclear a little bit and what to do and where to go, particularly that snow shrine. Yes. We, we ta- I, that's like right at the beginning of the game and i was like i have no idea what i'm supposed to do we talked about that anything yeah and it, the the way or at least one of the ways to get up there which was like by a wall past the waterfall but yeah when i found that i thought that was like a secret for something else for like some other treasure chest or something because it was so hidden and i it did not give me the impression that i was supposed to go up there at all and then that ended up taking me there, and I was like, what? Yeah. Like, I I almost wasn't even going to go up here, because I didn't think, and I I was looking for a way up there for, like, 30 minutes, and it, I, <laughs> I was very stumped, and, like, I don't know, I, it felt like it could have been a little more guided in that sense or something. We talked about that a few weeks ago, and, yeah, we I think we all said similar things of, like, yeah, I, I spent, like, 20 minutes trying to build, like, a, a gliding machine to get up there. I didn't have the battery and stuff, and then, like, I'd even gone up there, and I'd even went behind the waterfall, and I just didn't register that path because it's, like, wedged in between a bunch of ice that you can't get up. But, yeah, I agree with – I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, that kind of sucked. <laughs> that actually might be the worst, like, design part of the game, and it's in the first couple it's hours. Funny, man. Yeah. It's really funny to hear to hear y'all say that because like I kind of just like breezed right like I just kind of instinctively like it's a it's a fast this game is like a really interesting like social experiment mm-hmm. to like see like what 
like what registers for some people versus others what like yes. the different ways people solve problems in this game or like what feels like decent signposting to me isn't to anybody else and likewise we're all talking about like all of us are pretty low on the fire temple i did a review discussion on all end with two other people who both love the fire temple like huh. it was their favorite one you know they they loved the lack of like structure and stuff and so it's really fascinating to see like how um how this game hits people in in different ways uh and and like i think that the great sky island or whatever allows for more of that than the great plateau did mm -hmm. um but but yeah it's it's that that's really interesting to me uh so the combat <laughs> is uh the, the thing about this this game's it's funny because I've been thinking about this a lot as um, as I've been playing Diablo four recently, and one of the things and, and we were talking about this in the in the chat uh, yesterday or the day before. I love how scalable Diablo four is, and Tears of the Kingdom is not a scalable game right at all. Where like a hundred hours in, I was like, oh shit, like this is how I should be approaching this combat. And if you approach this game's combat the way that you do Breath of the Wild, which I think most people playing this game played Breath of the Wild as well. So you come into this sort of playing it like Breath of the Wild and you, and you can, you know, engage with this game's combat in that way, even with like the, the game does nudge you, you know, with saying like, hey, because of the upheaval, all the weapons are like rusty and stuff. So you really should like fuse stuff. Even if you're engaging with fusions and even if you're engaging with stuff like fusing things to your arrows and experimenting and using that in interesting ways, like the the game sort of just expects you to like go the rest of the way and to like engage with it the way that it wants you to engage with it, which is completely juxtaposed to the rest of the game. Like the the rest of the game is sort of freeform. Like it's mm -hmm. sort of just like, yeah solve it however you want whereas like the combat is almost like if you're not engaging with it in this way that's going to be the difference between you saying like the melee combat of this game sucks or the melee combat of this game is amazing you know in what ways and, like, do you mean like if you for example right like the they, they have stuff in there like you could say um like the dragon shards like you were talking about where like yeah using those that's super cool like the fact that you can have these really neat fusions, but the only way you know that is if you think I better take this precious item and fuse it to my rusty broadsword. Right. Or if you sit there and read all the like item descriptions, like the game wants you to meet it more than halfway in that regard. And I, I love little things like um, when I, when it clicked for me that, Oh, like I, now that I have sight on, I have a way to just make those Zora weapons like wet all the time. Mm -hmm. Like that's really cool. And like, I love that the game does that, but, um, but like, it's the kind of thing where I, I feel like it should feel good and satisfying regardless of the way you want to play it. Like it, it should, and like, it should be the kind of thing where like, I feel rewarded for thinking outside the box by being like even op like i you know if you don't want me to feel op put the master mode in the game you know put the hero mode or whatever it's called in the game and let me play it on hard mode you know i like i would kind of like it if i was able to just go in and just crush a gliok 
if I knew like some weird fucked up OP combination versus like if I played, if I fought a Gliok like I would in Breath of the Wild, which is how I was engaging with it at first, it's like really hard and they have like so much health mm. because it's an overcorrection. The health pools are a total overcorrection um, by the, the amount of options the player has now. So I don't know. I just feel like they like they went a little too far in in that direction, and it, it again feels weirdly clunky and cumbersome. Like, and and even like, even the way that you fuse things to weapons. Oh God, it sucks. Yeah, it's bad. So yeah. clunky, like so like weirdly yeah, I, bad. I that, honestly, like well, I you know so it's little things like that that kind of you know annoy me I, about it. I think that's one of the things like what in the same lines with what you were saying is I think it was probably like 60 hours into the game before mm-hmm. I had this realization where I was like, oh, I think what I'm actually supposed to be doing is like fusing these monster parts to my weapons mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. fusing other weapons to my weapons, right. not having a like rusty broadsword broadsword. Right. <laughs> and like having putting a like boss horn on it instead. And like once I started doing that, I was like, oh, like I think this makes a lot more sense and like is doing more damage and like encourages you to be fighting these monsters more. But like I don't think there was any point at which that was said to me. Or if it was, you know, there's a million things the game tells you, so I'm not gonna remember every single thing. So I just kind of like figure that out on my own and things made more sense then but yeah i don't it (laughs) there's it's almost like i feel kind of silly saying this but it almost feels like there's too many options at some point sure um so the way i realized the monster part thing was yeah i you know i mean for one one of the ways you can sort your items is by fusion power and that was a big tell for me eventually but yeah it still took me i don't know tens of hours probably dozens of hours um the <laughs> the main time i realized it was i was just goofing around i'm like what happens if i fuse butter to the spear does this just make a butter spear yeah that that's what it does it doesn't really do anything for you but yeah <laughs> and then yeah i was just testing out different items again this is probably like 60 hours into the game and then i saw oh actually i know what it was is when i was fighting the lionels in the floating coliseum which i did that really early on i did that i had only beaten the first temple so i only had two linen probably like less than 10 hearts and i still did it somehow um and then but i was like almost out of weapons and the only weapons i had were like eight attack weapons i'm like well shit what do i have and then that's when I saw, like, oh, I have a silver Lizolfos thing that gives me, like, 40 power. Like, oh, like, that's what it is. But again, I only realized that when I'm, like, in a situation where I'm forced to engage with it at that point. Because it was either reload my save and give up my checkpoint fighting four of the five Lynels or really sit there and figure it out. Um also, what's interesting, I meant to bring this up earlier when we were talking about the Majora's Mask item, is that, yeah, you you know, that's... I would I would say that the Floating Coliseum is, for me, was the second hardest, like, combat scenario in the game. I think the King Gliok was the hardest. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, your reward for beating the Floating Coliseum, or, yeah, Floating Coliseum is the Majora's Mask, which makes it so most enemies don't aggro on you. Like... 
Yeah, I never even got that. I was gonna say, like you got, like I wish I, I kind of wish I had told you. You still would have had to fight What's five Lionel. What's a Lionel? <laughs> I don't. Um, yeah, if you beat the five Lionels and get the Majora's Mask, you can just like walk around most of the game without engaging in combat if you want. But yeah, you have to engage and beat five Lionels, one of which is like an armored zebra one. (laughs) (laughs) To get it. So, okay, I do have another question about the combat. And I know I know Murray didn't share this experience with me. (laughs) You sound so hurt. (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious what you guys think about um the like dodging and flurry rush and things like that in the combat because in theory i like those things and it it almost feels like a an attempt at something like dark souls combat where you're Mm. it's like a specific counter but i i don't know if it's like the timing or what but I think I only ever triggered that once the entire game, and it was on accident. <laughs> and all the times I tried to do it, I wasn't able to. And like, like during the fight with Ganondorf at the end, I know that's what I was supposed to be doing, and I was trying to, never was able to, to trigger it once. And so I just ended up like throwing shit at him from afar, and I had so much armor that he was barely doing any damage to me. But that's that's another one of the things with the combat where I feel like it's not as tightly designed as it could be or like it could just be a little bit better because I I feel like when it comes to combat in games, especially things like Dark Souls, I think I'm decent at it and can pick up on it pretty well. But I don't I mean, I never sat down and like tried to really learn that timing specifically. I'm sure if I would do that, it would be fine. But yeah, the fact that throughout all the combat in the game that only ever <laughs> triggered for me once, like I, I don't know, I just it, it didn't hit for me the way I feel like it could in that way. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's funny. Um, my my co-host on All In, Eric, he's a big fighting game guy, and so he went and actually like counted. He was able to, I like he it's like a matrix thing. Like he can just see <laughs> into the matrix and like count frames and animations and shit from years and years, like decades of playing fighting games. So he was able to like count. He's like, yeah, like the way that it feels like the flurry rush works in this game is in a 30 frame window, the first 10 frames and the last 10 frames are where you can trigger. And if you're in the middle 10 frames, you just don't. Whereas in breath of the wild, the, the flurry rush was, was quite yeah. generous, you know. It's weird because, like, Tears of the Kingdom, the the flurry rush timing, yeah, it feels like it. it to me, it almost it feels like it's like too generous because, like, when I was fighting the Lionels in the Floating Coliseum, I wouldn't have survived without learning the timing for that stuff. But yeah, like, I, even in my clip that I saved when I beat the final Lionel, like, I I dodged like before he even was attacking and triggered a flurry rush to the point where i'm like oh shit am i gonna come out of this flurry rush and get hit because like he's still coming down in a weird it's weird um it's also weird how it happened with ganon with me i would i would do a backflip and he would hit me in the middle he would hit me in the middle of doing it and i was like okay what am i supposed to do like that seems to me like it would be the perfect timing well i just parried my way through ganon like that was that was it for me (laughs) I Ganon it was weird from the perspective of 
like sometimes he would just like ignore it, <laughs> even though I got the yeah. flurry rush. Like I, I, it's supposed to be on purpose, but it feels weird. Um, or like when he flurry rushes you, I was like, oh, or rather he gets the animation. I was like, oh shit, is he about to hit me twenty times? But then he doesn't. That kind of was. I don't know. I was disappointed by that. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like the flurry rush timing feels off in a way that, yeah, it doesn't really make sense to me. I, I no, I, I haven't listened to y'all's review of it yet. I didn't really want to color any of my thoughts going into this. Um, but hearing Eric like break it down like that, like that, that's super interesting. Cause yeah, I get it of like, it kind of makes sense of like, yeah, you're rewarded for being, for getting the trigger real early but they also want to reward people who are like getting it last second. But mm-hmm. to, to hear that, yeah, it's in the middle timing is what's cut off is very bizarre and weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and, and he, it's just, I trust his assessment of that. I, I am not smart enough to, to do that kind of thing, but, but again, he's been doing that his entire life. So, so like I, I trust his assessment of it, but I, it was interesting to hear that because I was like, same as Colin, I was feeling that the entire game. Like the, I was, I was like, God, like I, I used to do flurry rushes all the time. Like, is it me? Like what's, is my controller like messed up or something? Like what's going on? And so it got to the point where I just stopped even trying to engage with it. So like yep. for me, when I did the, um, the Coliseum like Lionel challenge for me, it was like, thank God for the, the muddle buds, like thank <laughs> God for it. Cause whenever they would charge at me, I would just pop them with one of those that would kill their charge and then I'd just whack and, you know, rinse and repeat for an hour and a half. And finally Wait. I did it. What do those you know? do? <laughs> That's, it confuses them. It like, it like okay. stops them. Even, even if they go to charge. You, I never really use nice. those. Colin. Yeah. That's Colin. That <laughs> like if you're fighting groups of enemies, like literally the first thing I do every time is throw a muddle bud at like the silver enemy. Cause he'll just attack yes. the smaller dudes. Oh yeah, learning yeah, new things every day. <laughs> it's really great, especially like uh, if you get into like one of those groups where it's like a like a convoy, like a Bospo Coblin, and like the, you shoot the Bospo Coblin with it. Yep. Just watch them like wipe them out. It's it's very good. I did that in the Ganon, the Ganon, the, the start of the Ganondorf fight, which is just like fight all these enemies, which I thought was like pretty good overall. I did get a little like the chasing J- Zelda around the the castle. I kind of had a similar thing where I was like. How many more times did you yeah, get The fact yeah. that it was like seven times. I'm like, really? Like, I set up a, a, a teleporter with, of my own at like the top of the castle, and I just kept no, warping. That's where I landed first. Yeah. I just kept warping back up there and then gliding down. I'm like, no, this is. That's, that's smarter. smarter. I should have done, that. done the same thing. I never used that teleporter once. <laughs> I, I unlocked it. I just. All the time. I only. I just kept going back to the shrine and being like, whatever, I'll figure it out. Like, and I. Like, <laughs> frequently did where i was like i honestly also i didn't fight a single enemy on the way down to ganondorf yeah. in the the depths i yep. I, I skipped I over everything. everything i just put majora's mask on and just ran straight through <laughs> i was just like i went down there once earlier in the game and i was like what the fuck is happening mm-hmm. and then i was like oh i'm good like this is and i was just kind of like and again i didn't expect to go fight ganondorf did and then i was like oh i was kind of surprised because the fight not that it didn't have like stakes or whatever. And I know we just keep coming back to that fight. I was just kind of like, Oh, this is a little easier than I was expecting. Yeah. I, I had a hard time with breath of the wild because I really wanted you to parry or get the flurry rush. You had, you had to like shoot away. And this just felt a little bit more like, yeah, like you can just kick. I'm like, I wasn't even like had the most strongest. I didn't have the strongest stuff on me. And I was like, like, I kind of like, 
went to the fight a little slack job. Like I was just kind of like, whatever, like I'm just hanging out. I'm kind of hitting him. And then I was like, Oh, like I'm actually going to beat him. Oh, like, <laughs> never mind. Like I'm good. This is the end of the game. Like I, I just, it's, it's, I, I did play this game for a hundred hours. You would think that I have enough hearts and supplies to survive. But like, I think you could have done this with easily with one row of hearts. Yeah. yeah, Easily. Like I, I knew I was going to the final fight. So I made like, 15 meals of like the i made a what was it fried egg on rice because that gives you full health and and like a two gold hearts or something i didn't use a i didn't use a single healing item which to be fair my armor was at 60 like it wasn't so it makes sense but um <clears throat> also yeah your master sword doesn't break during that fight and i had a gloom long sword fused to it so i had like a oh, giant light no it, it same same thing with in breath of the wild yeah. it won't break during the gain and blight fights be so anticlimactic if it did right? yeah yeah like Master you're in the middle of fight. Yeah. <laughs> the sword that's gonna save history is now gone. <laughs> um but yeah i had fused a fuse a gloom weapon to it and that also from what i can tell i only tried it during the ganondorf fight i never tried it any other time but the gloom weapons when they're fused to the master sword, they don't give you the gloom effect. So I was just whacking wow. Ganon with like oh. a, this giant. Again, I don't know if that works outside the Ganon fights, but it definitely did not give me gloom uh, during the Ganon fight. I but think I had a Lionel point or something on that, mm. yeah. that fight. Mm-hmm. So you didn't use the master sword at all. Me <laughs> <laughs> during the Ganon fight. No, I had I had a Lionel Horn fused to the master. Oh, okay, you said okay. I thought you were saying you didn't use this. I was like, okay, no. that's yeah, even more interesting. Never used muddle buds. Didn't know what the master sword was. I, what is? <laughs> I was using that anytime I had it up. Yeah, me too. I get that. No, I I I got to a point where it was similar to that too. But I, I think something that said why I took a a break to eat breakfast really quickly um, was the like social experiment of this of like i'm so much more interested now to see how other people solve this i have a coworker who i invited to this and they unfortunately weren't able to make it um they were like oh yeah i've solved all these shrines by bomb flowers and i didn't realize that was the solution which we talked about earlier and they were like oh i got to the shrine and we were discussing it. i was like oh that's so crazy and they're like yeah i just bomb flowered it i got tired and i was like oh so like they knew that there was a solution and then had that as like the backup like, hey, I've been in here for 20 minutes, five, 10 minutes. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to bomb flower and get out of here. And then I was like, I never even thought that was a thing. And that saved me a couple times where I was in a shrine. And I was like, I don't think I want to do – it's almost like a get-out-of-jail-free card where it's a little like, I got the shrine. I'm going to get out and go do something else. And, you know, I, I do feel like there's a, less of an emphasis on shrines here overall, though I think I was yeah. – I don't say less, less memorable ones, but I feel like they were less annoying overall. Is that Yes, a, I, I agree with that. We're going to put that? Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, with all the Raru's blessing ones, were very nice. I don't yeah. remember if they had anything like that in Breath of the they, Wild. They did, but, but I, not nearly this many. One, I was like, Way, oh, thank God. Yeah. Way less frequent. Did, did you guys find the, the Raru's blessing that's a troll? Did you guys find it? Yes. Un- I was yes. just going to talk about this. <laughs> that was so cool. I mean, so, I, I kind of don't want to spoil it for Wilk in that case. But... Don't mind. At this point, I, I feel pretty... I, I, I kind of felt like... It, <laughs> I already sold my copy. <laughs> I traded into GameStop. I traded into GameStop. They're giving me some credit. They gave me twenty dollars, and they said, "Hey, I put that towards you know some other stuff." It's fine. No, seriously, but yeah, I'm very curious. The most memorable shrine to me in the game. Yeah, because I remember finding it, and I noticed it had a different title. Right. But didn't think anything of it. 
and went in and was like, oh, thank God. Like, it's another another one of Raru's blessings. Like, I don't know why it has a different name, but whatever. And then you go up to, uh, like, the like you're going up to the end of it. And suddenly, like, part of the stage just flips and moves away from like, you. Like, it's straight up, like, it just fully moves back and becomes, yeah, like, like inception. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is this, like, Mario 64, like, the stairs? Like Mario Sunshine, almost. Yeah, more like Mario Sunshine. <laughs> floating <Yeah>. platforms. <laughs> like, uh, it, it just becomes, like, the wall. Like, the floor just goes back and shifts and becomes the wall. Me. Yeah. He, he's back, he's back. Am I here? <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know if that was me freezing or murder. I don't know who it was, I, but, like, my audio went, like, I, haywire for just a second. I could still hear y'all, but, yeah, I, I don't know. It seems fine <laughs> now. now. You're good now. But yeah, like the, Sorry, the floor just becomes the wall. It just completely shifts back, and then the chest is like sideways, like on the wall. It's really, really cool. And yeah, I noticed the name too, but I didn't think anything of it at the time. I just walked up, and yeah. it's like, oh, oh, okay. Where is it, and what's it called? Do we know? I think it's for one of the labyrinths. I oh, think. it's just called well, like so Unlit Flame or something. Is the name of it? Lewis was over at. Uh, my house last night playing the game and I know he walked in a shrine I wasn't paying attention to what he was doing and I saw that title pop up and I immediately put down (laughs) and just started watching him to see what he was gonna do and he also he he didn't even read the title of the shrine at all so he just thought it was one of those and like went to walk and the stage flipped and he was like what the fuck <laughs> and then immediately immediately without thinking just jumped off the edge toward the wall <laughs> i was like wait okay this is not the path i tried to go at all and i think he was like trying to climb up it but i don't think you can so he had to die and he was like what the fuck is happening like, i don't understand I what is going on at all and i was like it's did you notice the name? Simple, like it's such a simple little subversion of the because you by that point you've probably done you know a dozen if not more Raru's blessings. So all right, cool. Like let's let's do this. Let's hit this. They even let you get that like first chest. You know, like they they mm-hmm. give you that. So it doesn't like it doesn't feel that dissimilar from the other ones. And then like all of a sudden it like it, it does. I was like, oh my, like this is so cool. And it's not like difficult to like you know, to overcome it, you know, take you a couple extra seconds to, but, but it's a neat, like little, like it, it's, it seems like the kind of idea that probably just came up in playtesting. Like they were just kind of like, what if like at some point we just like fucked with them? Like we, we just did this. And to my knowledge, I think it's the only one like that in the game. Yeah. It like, is yeah. just that. Colin and I, we, we did all the shrines, right? I think, uh, yeah, Seth I and Mochi. Okay. Oh, I, I did I did 20 of them. Seth, do you know what the reward is for the for all the shrines? I don't think so. Okay, no. I I kind of don't want to spoil that. that either. Then you can't. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, you're good. He's done playing the game. Okay, we're, <laughs> we're all he, done playing. He, the game. He's playing Diablo. No, I'm still playing it. Um, I'm, I'm playing it and Diablo. I'm I'm still going back to. It. So it's like, it's like the aspect of the hero or something. It's like an armor set, but it's only one piece of armor, but it acts as a full armor set. And it turns you into like Zonai Link, like a, like a furry version of Link. Um, it kind of gets crazy. <laughs> the man art's crazy. Like, 
Um, it's really, it's cool. I don't think there is like a set bonus for upgrading it, which was very disappointing to me, but I think when you fully upgrade it, it has the highest defense in the game. It's like 84 or something. Um, I saw someone say the Zonite armor has the same stats as it. Okay. That's it. I haven't upgraded the Zonite armor yet. I didn't test that myself. Um, but it kind of, so I, I like it, but I kind of wish it had like, it would have unique like animations or something. Um, it also gets back to my problems with the lore, not to go fully back there, but like, like the, the, the flavor text on it, something about like the, like the, the spirit of a, an ancient hero that once saved Hyrule, like envelops you or something. So it's like, okay, this is, this is sick. Are you trying to say that like, this is like a ancient Zonai version of Link? Cause that's super cool if that's the case, but like, what are you going to do with it? teaser for the next Zelda game. Maybe. But then also, and I talked to Colin about this yesterday, like, y'all are really going to let me play a furry Link before you let me play a Zelda or a female Link? Like, yeah. it's genuinely, that annoyed me too. But I do that, think, that the, does annoy me. like, the suit is cool. I, I do, it seems pretty divisive online, but I think it's pretty cool. I was fully in the playable Zelda I know. Uh, mindset even until after this game came out i was like no nah, someone's gonna discover something someone's gonna metal gear solid 2 <laughs> metal gear solid 2 the latter half of the, 60, the last no, 80 I'm, hours from like the teasers before the game came out like so much of the stuff to me was like hinting at something like that even if even if temporarily like just some segment where you play as her I, well, yeah. dlc and i yeah. think uh at this point, like, people have been asking for that for, uh, like, over a decade at this point. Oh, yeah. Like, come, come on. Like, do you know, you know what's, ups- what they want. what's upsetting is I remember what, you know, E3, what was it, 2015 or even 14 when Breath of the Wild was first? I was like, just going to say this. Like, how Link definitely looked more androgynous than he ever had before. Um, and Hunter's apologizing for not maybe being able to make it. It's too late. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I texted him and I was like, where the fuck are you? Um, like Link, and even in Tears of the Kingdom, Link looks very androgynous and stuff. But yeah, in the mm-hmm. teaser trailer for Breath of the Wild, like there was like, he looked so androgynous that there was like talk, oh, are they hiding the fact that he's a female? And like, right. Zelda. Yep. And yeah. they even talk the cloak and the or the tunic, right? I remember I, being very like kind of cloaked. Yeah, and, and the long hair and stuff, and like it just mm-hmm. it felt like they were hiding something. And I I even remember Aonuma being kind of like cagey about it, and then later was just like, no, it's Link. It's just Link. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, like again, I'm fine if that's the story you want to tell, but then same thing with the lore. Then stop teasing it. Like if if you're never gonna do this or you don't plan to anytime soon, that's fine. What well, it's not fine. But then just stop. Just stop with the teasing then. Yeah. I think we did haven't get we haven't given enough time to um the quest line of the the newspaper, the gazette, and how Homeboy is one of the coolest characters. And that's something I like there there have been very few things in recent years where I've been like, this is something like I'm not trying to be like the fanboy, I was like, I love this character. I love this storyline. I love going to these different. I thought it was such a great way. That's one of the first things I did and continue to do. And it really helped me explore a lot of the math was me trying to find these these stables and being like, where is this stable? I know there's one here. And like getting to a tower, figuring out how to get inside the tower, then 
doing like getting up and then being like, okay, there is that smoke? Is that smoke? Oh, that's not smoke. <laughs> okay, and like going around and being like, when it was over, I ended up finding him again in the overworld. And he's like, he talks about um, who's the gentleman from the first game. Uh, with, with the accordion? I, I believe he implies, I'm, I'm, I'm all, yes, Cass, I'm almost positive he's like, there was a guy, I think if, when you find him out, he's in the northwestern part, but not all the way to Gerudo. He's in like this weird area. If you go back to the Gazette and ask her, she's like, oh yeah, he's out there somewhere doing his thing. And then he kind of is like, yeah, I'm taking some time for myself. And I was, I was like, it's really cool to see him out in this world again. And like, he's just kind of there as an NPC now. And it's like, oh, this is awesome. And I just really like, they're like for everything we've kind of like, I don't want to say bitched about, but like that make it, that implies that it's like not valid. But like, there's definitely some complaints. I think this game has some issues. I think there's a lot of moments that are just like so genuine and so good that I'm like, man, this is like defined. Like my early hours are kind of defined by these moments. And like, mm. there's kind of chapter to the to the game to me where like my experience through this was like that stable quest probably put me from hour ten to thirty, and that helped me like see the map, unlock the map. Okay, I'm getting better, and I distinctly remember recently during that first kind of like chunk of playing where I came home from a run one day and I was like, I, I was doing something. I was like, everything's clicked 30 hours in. I'm feeling the game, like this kind of flow state of like, I'm here. I'm enjoying the game. I'm fusing the thing. I'm doing this. Like I, I appreciate the, for like everything the game does. It's really, really great at just, it's not a time waster. It's a time suck. Like that mm -hmm. game melts away hours and in, in a way that most stuff doesn't like, it is, it's truly incredible. I like a lot of the new characters, homeboy holding the signs, you know, big ups oh, to him for, for always holding dude. on. And the fact that there's 84 of those, and I know I haven't found all of them, you that say, is insane. Do you say there's 84? Is that what you just said? There are 84, because <laughs> I saw Ant, what's his name? I think his name's Ant on, small he, Ant. small Ant was like, here's everything. And I was like, 84 times you have to help. Like, and again, a lot of them were really fun. They're yeah, micro. They're awesome. I, like, I love them. Yes, they're amazing. And it's weird. Because I've seen the people who were like, those were bad. And I was like, what are you no. talking about? Like, you don't have to do that. Yeah, that's you also the thing. Life. You could just leave. Like, it's fine. Yeah, the game doesn't say you have to do that. Like, I think I like, talked to Lewis about those, and he was like, yeah, I never did any of those. Yeah, and that's that's, awesome. that's valid. I think that's genuinely yeah, yeah. incredible. Like that's to hear that, to see something that's like been so integral to my part of like moving through the game is to like catching him and him always being like uh, like there were times where like I feel like if you got stuck too close to him, you couldn't click A for a second. So yeah. I would be like, Oh my god, did I, did I break him? Did I break him? okay? And then I click it and be like, All right, go, 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 come on, come on, come on. Right. And then like, hurry, oh, hurry. Yeah, I'm like, Yes. There was one in Zora, which I read uh, in Lake Hylia that I hadn't seen and he's like against the water. There's not much near it except a couple like stranded and like I had to build this thing in the water that like came up underneath it and it like started to fall and it finally like didn't move enough. And it was like, that was recent for me where I was mm -hmm. like, this is awesome. Like this is so interesting. This is so unique. And it's like the night too, another really great moment. Y'all, I was playing in bed and I try not to play my Switch in bed frequently. Like I just, it's a weird, it's not like a weird thing. I prefer to play on the TV and I found that area underneath between Lookout Landing and Hyrule Castle. That cave system goes on. Mm -hmm. I spent four hours, five hours of one night just being like, what is, where is this going to end? And like, it was so good though. I was like, so I kept going to a room, to a room, to a room, to a room. And then I caught the skull, one of the, like the bone versions of the Hinox. And I was like, I hadn't seen that at that point. And I'm like, this is awesome. And like, I don't know. It, it's great to have those like, 
micro journeys and micro and macro again always want to come back to that we're like this game does such a good job of of both those of like the micro goals of the small stuff you see in the environment oh a pork seed over here this leading you there and i feel like this game has the such a good version of that even better than breath of the wild of feeling like there's enough stuff in the overworld especially in the in the middle plane rather than the underground or the sky where i was just like yeah you could just do this all day and you would never run out of stuff to do. Like truly, you it would be very tough to the amount of wells, caves, bubble for like if you're still in the mix, it's you know, there's so much stuff to grab and see here. Yeah. Like in Breath of the Wild, I probably I was more like like you will like I, I was like, okay, Korok seeds, whatever. Like I probably had less than like, I don't know, definitely not even a hundred. In this, I had over two hundred before I even got the Korok mask. I have like four hundred and fifty right now, and even though I can't upgrade my pouch any further, I'm still like, yeah, I want to find Koroks. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know why because I'm sure it's nothing. Like, even if it's not the exact same, I'm sure, like, because well, what are they going to give you? It's not going to be anything that cool because they wouldn't hide something that cool behind such a big thing. But like, yeah, the signpost, dude, I. Got a huge grin on my face whenever I saw him. I'm like, yeah, let's solve this. I just did one earlier today. I think it was near a river where there the only things near him was one wooden thing, like a medium size wood plank, and um, the stand, the balance zoni device that like the wibble wobble that like when you activate. Oh, wow. So like it, it was like super easy. You just attach the board to the wibble wobble, activate it, and the sign doesn't fall down. But it. You know, I had there aren't that many puzzles in the game that use the balance ones, and I was like, "Oh, cool! I get to use one of these," and it was really cool. Um, and I know Colin. An another thing, uh, Colin said he gave up doing the reuniting the Korok ones. That's like maybe my favorite activity in the whole game because they usually I did a lot of them at the beginning of the game, but then I think sorry, I no, I'm no, interrupting it's right fine, now, but. One of the one of the things, not like a problem with the game or anything, but how it affects how I play is that there are, I normally almost always have an objective in mind for like what I'm doing at a given moment, like whether it's going towards some shrine or trying to go to some dungeon or like looking for caves or something. And those Korok things take a little more thought and you kind of have to travel around to do them like more so than other things. So after a certain point, I was just like, I I don't want to like forget what I'm doing or lose track of what I'm doing just for these Korok seeds when I feel like I have, you know, a good amount in my stash already, good amount of like item slots. Uh, because sometimes I would do that and like if it was, if it gave me a little trouble or if I like accidentally like built some kind of vehicle that would take me too far away or something i would just lose track of what i was doing and like you know i i didn't want to do that so i would just be like mm, it's not a big deal i don't i don't need these really anyways i understand that and that's very thoughtful of you colin i am a big dumb idiot and there were usually rockets by the koroks and i loved building dumb vehicles and launching myself with the korok yeah towards the other korok every time <laughs> i love getting distracted by yeah them. like i yeah. actually love that like I, I like and i know that that's not you know it, it's interesting again it's another situation of like you know how do you tackle this game like how does it pass through through you mentally the, the way that you approach the game i think is there are some people who are going to be very focused and they don't want distractions but for me like i love that feeling of like oh right like i was heading over here two hours ago 
and I was gonna go do this, but then I saw Addison, and then I saw this Korok, and if I if I see that little bubble, like I need help to reach my friend or whatever, like I'm gonna stop and do it. Yes, every I every time immediately. That's like, my number one priority. <laughs> I love it. Like, it, and they are these little like these little micro puzzles, and I kind of it, it made me think about. Um, so I I've played off and on over the years, but I've played Dungeons and Dragons since like 2008. And I'm usually a DM, and sometimes when I would DM games, I would create problems with no solution in mind. Mm-hmm. Like, I would just say, like, let's just see how the players do this. Like, I didn't have any, like, authored thing in my head of, like, this is how they should or should not do it. I would just say, like, you don't have any tools, go. Like, figure it out. And, like, I kind of I kind of like moments like that in this game where there were a couple moments with Addison where there's just like nothing around. I'm like, okay, hold please. I'm going to run over to this nearby forest, (laughs) chop down some trees (laughs) and make like a tripod for your dumb sign for the president that like, you're going to give me like some veggie rice balls afterwards (laughs) or whatever. And I just like, I love stuff like that. I, I love those little teeny tiny moments. And there's so much like, there's so much character baked into that. Uh, I, I would, you know, it was, uh, Will talked about the, um, the, the Lucky Clover Gazette side quest. Did everybody here do the Terrytown side quest? Yep. Everybody yep. did that? Did you do what? it? What? Oh my God. <laughs> Will, you didn't do it. For, for the audio only <laughs> listeners, he's shaking his head. <laughs> I, it, it's like my favorite, it's one of my favorite. I thought you loved that game. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it right now. Go ahead and knock that out. Yeah, he's going to GameStop right now. Get his copy back. Yeah, you guys still got it. I loved that moment. That whole side quest. So, like, Volk mentioned it earlier. Like, it's a very like human, just sweet, gentle like moment that I couldn't believe was in the game. Like, I couldn't like let alone the reward you get for it is very cool and weird and unexpected, but like. Just like the, yeah, like the, the humanity and like the writing and like the music. And it was just like, it made me cry. Like, yeah. I didn't expect that. It got me pretty know? good. Um, it's also like, again, getting back to the lore and story stuff. It's one of the only like direct continuity, like things from Breath yeah. of the Wild that feels meaningful. Like, oh, like they had a kid. Like, cool. Like time has passed. Like, that was great. But yeah, it like... I keep going back and forth. Like, do I like Hateno the most? Did I like Terrytown the we, most? Can we? Uh, sorry to completely interrupt. Did Hunter is just like this sucks. He literally what? just hit us with sorry while we're in this. Just said this game is bad in the chat. I'm <laughs> sorry. What? Like, this did Game Freak develop this game? <laughs> this must be a troll. Yeah, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure the, the, the game freak call out that has to be a bit. It, it's it's fine. <laughs> it is not also because I saw that he'd only played sixty hours, and I was like, I feel like we're in for that. I kind of thought this was coming, to be honest with you. So again, I I really would have valued. It's a shame he couldn't be here. Like I I really regard. I would have loved that. Yeah, like I Hunter is like one of the most like intelligent like speakers about video games I've ever heard. Maybe the most, maybe the number one. And that's saying a lot. So I would have loved to have him in here to express that. Well, I think if, he's if kind it's of a dummy. I think he's pretty dumb now. So I don't really know if we need him in here. You know what I'm saying? He's out here. He's out here coming for everybody. Again, that would have been such a nice contrast to somebody who's played 
half as much as most of us saying this is bad, where the, uh, the rest of us are like, I think, I, I, I don't think there is a world where this isn't a 10 out of 10 and like whatever that means. I think despite the flaws, playing something for 110 hours and coming in here and saying, I don't like it is fucking insane. <laughs> but like, for me, it's like that. To, to that though. Yeah. <laughs> reviews of like this game sucks like, thousand hours in dota, dota fan it's always dota fans it's always league fans who are like two thousand hours and really this thing's woke and you're like two thousand hours in <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't know man that, that would have been yeah it's a shame he's not here that would have been a great uh conversation because like it's not it's not just like a like an unpopular opinion it's pretty unprecedented like, yeah I've heard anybody <laughs> Like throw that, throw dull, dull and lifeless in there, yeah. Yeah, no, I've not. That's that's a new one on me. So I don't know, man. But, uh, but yeah, I like yeah. It was stuff like that. It was uh, we we've talked about like the the Laurelin Village. Oh, I love the Laurelin Village. It's so Same. good. I I felt like I was in an episode of Ice Road Truckers. Like I was just putting yes. putting 15 trees onto my truckers. car. <laughs> I, think, I did the I same think thing. These things are like. The, the story points where the game really shines mm-hmm. as opposed to like the the overarching story because yeah any any village in the game like stories were all great quest lines were so good like I loved that they all had like kind of a main quest line where mm-hmm. even if they seem like kind of separate quests at first like I'll, most of the stuff ends up coming together in some way. Oh, speaking of which, I wanted to bring it up. I know Seth saw this in the chat earlier. Did Wilk and Colin, did you do the Giga Clan hideout? Mm-hmm. Did... I did that before. I Okay, so I I didn't mention this today, but I had uh, mentioned it and completed it, I think, like, a week or so ago. Yeah. But I, did, I didn't want to, like, spoil anything because, yeah, the rewards for it are so cool and i was like, like you really need to do this yeah, yeah yeah so yeah wilk if you don't know like they hinted it earlier you know like the big yiga dudes that have like the long swords they sometimes like mm-hmm. strike the ground and like yes and then like you explode from beneath you can learn that you can do that in the game that that's been implied multiple times i just never found that but it was like one of those things where i'm like i thought i did all that stuff and there's mm-hmm. been multiple times where i'm like i think we did the same thing and maybe i just like didn't that's the that's the crazy thing about all this is that i'm like oh shit that's in there too like oh if you just would have gone a little bit further with this thing where's the where's the hideout at you kind of got to piece some of that together yourself mm-hmm. there are quests but whenever you're in any of the the yiga the maps around um the map like there's the one in the very northeast corner yeah you'll mm-hmm. see a map in there and it yeah. tells you where all the hideouts are and then i think where the main hideout is too it's also but i it, don't think you can get into the main one until you get all of the pieces of the outfit you need yeah. the outfit. from the other ones okay so i had the outfit i remember murray being like i'm looking for it i need the outfit to get inside this door i never found that door so there's or actually whatever there's two doors like that but the other one okay. is just for like a small i don't remember what was in there but yeah, like it's 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 also in the same spot as it was in Breath of the Wild, which again was a cool continuity thing. And I wish the Yiga, the Yiga clan was like a more present force in the story because, like, yeah, you knock Koga down that pit in Breath of the Wild, and it turns out like, oh, they found a bunch of stuff down there, and they're using it against you now. Um, but yeah, it's somewhere in the canyon area. Um, there's a bunch of cool stuff in there, including the. Uh, the thunder helmet from breath of the wild where you won't take lightning damage anymore. I use that a lot. The Island to get the fifth sage. 
yeah. made that oh, it's so a easy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, super cool, man. I and I, I love that stuff with Koga too in the depths. Like, like yeah, like it makes sense. Like, of course he's down here. Like, why wouldn't he be? Like, for some reason, it took me off guard. But like, duh. Like that makes perfect sense. Like we kicked him down a hole in the first one, so of course he's down here. You know. I didn't even remember that. (laughs) That was like the only boss fight in Breath of the Wild I liked because it was the only one that felt like a Zelda boss where you're using the tools you have. And same thing with in with Koga in this. Like, yeah, he's the only other dude using build stuff against you, uh, which is super interesting. Yeah, it it reminds me of like you know in character action games like Bayonetta when you're fighting Jean, like the oh I'm fighting the character that can do the same thing I can do. I always mm-hmm. get a big kick out of that trope in games. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I, I think... it is... Sorry, go ahead. sorry, I uh, I didn't believe Hunter is being dead serious. From I texted him to say. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> no, he should be here. Yeah, he should have been in here. I'm not going to acknowledge it anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, let's keep let's keep let's keep pushing. I apologize for interrupting. No, no worries. No, I it, it is wild the things that like this game puts behind missable side quests like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like because it like your experience will getting to the end of the game, like uh like Eric had that same thing. Like he didn't even know the spirit temple was a thing. Like you just didn't even do it at all until That's after insane. you already beat it, right? Wow. Like, isn't that crazy? Like he just like and so he goes into the final confrontation and he fights the uh, like the robot or whatever that you rematch, and um, and like he he's like, what is this? This kind of came out of nowhere. I don't understand the robot. I'm like, wait a minute, you didn't even do he like he missed it, and I know at least two other people who missed it too because they you know. If you want to, you can just like go straight to it, which is also true of Breath of the Wild. Mm. But like, it's wild to me, like how how much like major stuff the reward you get at the end of the the Terrytown quest is crazy. I'm like, this is in here too. Like, that's and it's so fucking cool. Like, yeah. I, like I love, I loved engage. It was like a little thing that I really like enjoyed messing with and it has a ceiling it's not like super deep right but like i really liked messing with it and there's even like only in that moment the return of a classic zelda music yeah yeah that is only tied to that and i'm just like this is missable behind this little side quest and even if even if you do the side quest yeah you still might like it's expensive so if you get there too early you might even forget about it um yeah it's also yeah it's cool because yeah you had you know a similar thing in breath of the wild but it wasn't nearly to the extent not that deep. yeah nowhere near this actually on that note i that's one reason i liked that even more is because in breath of the wild that's what i thought you were going to be able to do Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. because i think around there they have some of the the tarrytown houses like buy your house or something. Maybe I'm misremembering that, but I thought I thought that's what you were gonna be able to do is get a house and like, um, mm-hmm. you know, set it up how you want. And I was like, mm, yeah, I guess that was crazy of me to think that. that. <laughs> I mean, and yeah, it, this one that you go all out. It turned like, into once I unlocked that. Like I always saved there. That was where when I turned the game off for the night. I'm like, yep, I'm gonna go warp here and save real quick. Um, oh, speaking of warps, I really wanted to shout this out. My wife and I. We stumbled onto this Twitch streamer that we watch sometimes. I think Nam the Norse is his name. He's some, he's just like an Australian dude. Plays a lot of like Souls like stuff. 
a lot of open world stuff. Um, not a big streamer at all, but he his gimmick is that he plays games without fast travel and without maps. Like he, like whenever a forced map view comes up, he has a blindfold that he puts on. And yeah, we oh, wow. we found him playing Elden Ring, which was interesting. And then he moved on to Breath of the Wild. He's still playing it because yeah, without maps and without fast travel, you're like you kind of dedicate yourself to one area at a time. Um, I tried playing the game that way for the first like 20 hours. I didn't warp besides getting out of the underground. Cause I'm like, how the fuck do I get out of here? Yeah. Um, I will say that this game seems like brother of the wild watching him play it that way. I'm like, Oh, this is totally viable. And it like, it gives you completely different. Like you really learn the map and you really learn all this stuff. And like you develop, an understanding of like the Korok, the hidden Korok language, like, Oh, like th that tree, there's definitely a Korok there. Um, and yeah, I think it's a shame that this game seems like not viable to play that way there. If you go down into the underground too early, you're just going to be down there for fucking months. <laughs> Cause like, there's only a yeah. few warp points back up uh, or ascend points oh, back. I forgot up. that you can even get up without warping yeah but it yeah it doesn't happen so very often right there's yeah. literally like what three or four um yeah and it's fun a shame but yeah i, I keep because he's so excited to play tears of the kingdom and now i can only think about like oh that poor dude like he like okay man also the sky how are you gonna navigate that stuff um that's a lot yeah but <laughs> it sounds like a hellish no, but like we want, he's so happy while he's. I've never seen a human being play a video game that, like an adult, that is that happy so consistently. Like he he went to the Gerudo Desert in Breath of the Wild first, which I don't think anyone <laughs> I know did that. And he's chaos just mode. Yeah, it's it's literally chaos. Like he has like four hearts fighting Thunderblight Ganon. Oh, also he's playing in Master Mode, which that seems horrible. I never played Master Mode in Breath of the Wild, but that seems awful. And I will not do that it. here. I, I liked playing it like that in Breath of the Wild, actually. I don't want to deal with regenerating health on every single enemy. I'm good. <laughs> no, not in this one. Yeah, not in this, in this one. one. Hell no. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, no is, way. Do, is the motor, so I know the motorcycle doesn't really serve as much of a function, but like, is that you know not kind of like a different tangent is like is there anything y'all would want to see from DLC? Like, I feel like that's a somewhat of a loaded yeah. question because I. Okay. Other okay. Zelda. It, I, I what what could they do? I, I know it's it's Nintendo. I feel like there's going to be something interesting, but like, what are we hoping for? If anything, I feel like there's going to be. I feel like there will definitely be more uh, Zonite devices. Yes, that seems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of anything like specifically mechanically. I would want. I would need to sit and think about it for a while. I know this isn't going to happen because of. Most games just can't do this, especially in games this long. I would like like it to take place post game. I'm tired of like the game. Like here we go, you just do this in the middle, and we're gonna retrofit it in. Especially because yeah. like like Breath of the Wild, it was really frustrating because like I really wanted to see you know the the world post Ganon. Um, now, I mean, Tears of the Kingdom is kind of that, but we're in a different <laughs> cataclysmic situation in this case. Let's build a new town for all the people at Lookout Landing. I was going to say. That would be I, I think that would actually be sick. That like, would be really I, cool. I would love to see 
like a I don't know one of my favorite this is so dumb and random but one of my favorite DLCs for Skyrim is that like Hearthfire DLC or whatever where you can just build like an orphanage and like make like your own house and have like you know a little bit of customization to it like I don't know I really like that and like this game has that and it'd be cool to like yeah to just build upon that to where like you really are rebuilding the world like you're making like a town like from the ground up and you're really kind of like because there there is that like plot of uh of hudson construction like this big old plot you know where they're they're kind of like building down there and stuff and like i'm kind of i'm kind of hoping that we can do like more stuff like that in a post-game sense because like such a big theme of the game is like rebuilding and reconnecting and stuff It'd be cool mm -hmm. to see progression like that. And I know that would disappoint people who want more like story focused stuff out of it. And you could maybe even like tie a little bit of a story to it or find a way to do that. But um, mm -hmm. I would love that, man. Like I, I really like that stuff. I, you know, it'd be cool to like just have new mechanics introduced like that. Somebody um, floated the idea of putting like farming in there, you know, just like, Put something like that in there. Make it they, a little Animal Crossing. They, they even have a tiny little bit of farming with that one side quest in uh, Hateno, too. Um, mm -hmm. in, the, in the past couple of minutes, I thought about it. Colin saying playable Zelda. Playable Zelda, it, during the main story, but in the past, that could actually be pretty sick, especially if they go all out with like magic stuff. Um because also, I, I meant to bring this up when we were talking about the, the Yiga, the Blade Master Earth Shatter thing. That kind of reminds me of like those, uh, like the amulets in Link to the Past, like the magic amulets that you largely don't need. I think you need one once. Or like the, the Ocarina of Time magic stuff that's like never really used either. Like, yeah, playable Zelda, but plays completely differently. Um, yeah, fully magic focus and stuff that could be pretty cool and yeah that also again lets you you reuse the topography of hyrule but you could even just like get rid of most of the civilization because it's so early on and just that could be cool i don't know if that's too much work for what they're planning on doing but yeah um, it'll be curious to see because i think because what Seth's describing sounds just a lot like dark cloud which is like one of my favorite parts about that game dark cloud originally was just being like oh, I found this, the, these people want to be near these people in this town. And if you built a town the exact way that people wanted it to, you would get a bonus. So you got bonuses for building everything again, but it was just like such a unique mechanic that I've never really seen used as well as it was there. But I, I think for me, it's like, it's interesting seeing this. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if there would be weapons. I feel like there's gonna be like a boss rush or some sort of, that's the kind of stuff I, I sort of expect Nintendo to do is like a, maybe like a quality of what- Breath of the Wild too. I, I didn't play it, but it was like, challenge combat stuff i think i really the, liked that the trial of the sword it, I it, liked that a lot. it really makes you engage with the combat of that game and really so it, if they do the same thing in this i don't know Colin. i don't know if you want that we'll have to see no i, I, mean, <laughs> I didn't play breath of the wild so if that's what it is here i'm probably well not gonna again breath of the wild i thought it won't be good but... yeah it, breath of the wilds is split into two like in the summer it was the first dlc with yeah, the other yes master sword trials and master mode and then the big story DLC in, like, the fall or something. So maybe they'll do mm -hmm. something similar here. But, um, yeah, I, it's hard for me to think of what I would want. I probably They'll probably do another temple or whatever because, again, that's what Breath of the Wild did. But then again, it's a Nintendo and they constantly subvert my expectations, especially in this game. So It's going to be a cooking simulator. 
I'm I mean, so down the, the cooking in Zelda. the cooking in this game is already amazing. So I love, I love the cooking in these games so much. It's like maybe my one favorite thing about them. I enjoyed it much more in this than in Breath of the Wild. I did not enjoy it in Breath of the Wild. What what what's, what's the difference for you in that? Because it it is like mechanically like it is like basically exactly the same, right? I can't think of like any I major. In this, duh, like they didn't have the recipe stuff or anything like That's that. That's true. And That's true. Yeah. That's very Which, true. That, that was so... that was my thing in Breath of the Wild. I didn't want to just it, with resource management stuff again. I didn't <laughs> yeah. want to just throw all my resources in a pot and then come out with junk or like not what I wanted mm-hmm. and waste my stuff. Mm-hmm. Where and this, you can at least reference those pages and get the general idea of what you want and do that way there's just like more feels like there's more guidance and like you know a little bit more what's going on yeah when you're doing things that's true seth you were gonna say something a minute ago no i i mean there's a whole i could have a whole separate <laughs> conversation about just the cooking in these games but i love the way it like it accentuates like what i love about real life cooking which is just like yeah like like bringing in like cultural like tethers to the world and your memories and even the way that link in this one like his little hums are just like themes from previous Mm -hmm. games it's so good little like that's a fun it's a fun little like kind of nod for fans or whatever but it's also just like a commentary i feel like of like yeah like like tying food to memories like the nostalgic power of of food and like bringing in stuff like like yeah, like I've got some like Goron spice with me, or like some wheat, you know, Tabantha wheat that I got from here, and like little little stuff like that. And this was true in Breath of the Wild as well. But like I just really love how it kind of and like the the playful experimentation of it. And even if you make like the most fucked up dubious food, it doesn't even <laughs> want to show you. It's pixelated and blurry. It's it'll sensory. still heal you for a heart. It's still eat it, right? Yeah. Like I I, was I, I really love that. At first. I thought it was going to secretly hurt me for the heart. Yeah, like Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> yeah. You could still eat it. You know, I just, I love that so much. I mean, and yeah, like the quality of life stuff with the recipes is, you know, it's brilliant and it just makes it even better. And um, yeah, just there, there's a lot of like, I, I think it's a, it, it's a very like, again, quiet human experience in this kind of world where you have to just like prepare a meal. You know, you just it feels like, to, like a breath of fresh air from like yes. all the exploring and like a little break. Right, like you're reaching a home base because most of the time you're you're getting to a stable or whatever to do it, and it's just like yeah, I'm gonna sit here for a little bit and restock my meals that I need. It, and it it seems like such a like a like a base human like we all have to eat right like we all we all have to eat and like. It kind of reminds me, like, I love eating in Monster Hunter. Like, I mm-hmm. love that, just, like, sitting down and having the meal and, like, getting bonuses. Like, I don't know. Like, that that is a weird, like, untapped thing in video games to me. And it feels really human. Like, it just feels like that's, that's one of our few, like, base needs that we all have to do. And I like finding joy in that. And when you, you know? get the little... Like so it's like good. yes, I made a good meal. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna be hitting. Yeah. Yes, and, and like whenever it's a new recipe, it has that special jingle that mm-hmm. plays, and it's just like yeah, the sound design of it is is like brilliant. I just 
I love that. And and it's as somebody who like I, I spent a lot of my life like appreciating food and cooking and like growing up in an Italian household and stuff. My mom's an incredible cook. Um, but like I never like had to cook for myself until much later in life. And when I started to appreciate cooking, um, this game made me feel that way. Like it, it kind of like tapped into those same emotions, just that little joyful playfulness, you know? Yeah. I I'm right there with you. I, I basically almost never cooked until I moved in with my wife. And then all of a sudden I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're the main breadwinner. I, the least I can do is do the cooking among other things. But, um, like, yeah, cooking is genuinely fun, and I just never realized it until 31 years old or whatever, however old I was. And, yeah, I barely engaged with it in Breath of the Wild beyond just, like, yeah, give me something that fully heals me and gives me hearts, whatever. Um, and here, and like, yeah, I, I was so excited. My wife and I were – she was playing on the TV. I'm playing on handheld. And we're like, there has to be a way to make a fried egg. Like, okay? Yeah. Like, there has to be. And it was always giving us, like, an omelet or whatever – and then I finally figured out, I'm like, wait. And then I put rice with it, rice in an egg, and that made a fried egg and rice. That was genuinely exciting. I'm like, look, 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 look. I love, <laughs> I love like, yeah, like, like throwing that stuff out there. Like, when when I saw that there were, like, the Hylian tomatoes, I was like, can I make a pizza uh-huh. in Zelda? <laughs> And like I like I just got so like that became my mission. Like the the next you know thirty minutes or whatever, I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna try it. And you put the wheat and the cheese and the tomatoes in there, and you can make a fucking pizza in a Zelda game. Like this is incredible. This is the best game ever. I just yeah, I really love it. <laughs> no, I I feel like I'm glad to like celebrate some of those moments. I, I I again like not that I feel like anyone was going too hard on this game. I just like there's so much to celebrate that. I, but I also feel like I've heard a lot of other people celebrating it in a way that I'm like, it's nice to not also have to have that that like it's so good, right? Everybody no. like you yeah. you can platitudes become like enough of them without any sort of like uh how many he's he's losing his fucking mind. <laughs> He said it's a bit. He texted me privately and it's, said, it's, was like, you got to go. And people were talking about it's, it. So. It's definitely a bit. It's fine. <laughs> Knowing him and everyone surrounding us, everything is more or less played for the bit. There's no sincerity anymore. I'm tired. No, I had a coworker recently mention that. I had a, I had a coworker who's like, when was the last time you think you said something serious? And I, it, I had to take a step back and start to. <laughs> I don't I, 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 <laughs> the, the things got a little out of hand. She was like, "I really feel like that's something you should consider going forward." And I did, and I just kept living my life. But I, I I'm glad to see that. Like, and it's so tough too because like I wish I would have taken notes and I didn't. And I like coming to, into these off the cuff because I always remember stuff. And I don't, like sometimes I, I feel I want to be very like, um, unhinged. Like. I don't know the word I want to use. Unhinged is definitely not the word I want to use. <laughs> but like, I want to have some level of like stream of consciousness, and then don't always think that always goes the way I plan it to. Like last time, I felt a little like, uh, but this, I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I think like the music is so good, and I know I did find myself quite a bit. Maybe I'm alone in this. I did find myself in a good portion of the game, headphones in, listening to a video game podcast at points, and being a little like. I feel like I'm missing some of the sound design and the elements, and I, I think the soundtrack is better here overall than Breath of the Wild. But I really do love some of the sparse just themes, and I I'll, and I know I, I when I listen to the All End review, dude, the the when you go down to the depths and those those horns, I'm like, where is the what? You, I'm like, is that 
the Yiga clan mixed with like that money, you know, this is their area, but also it's like fucking wild. And also the first time you go down there and you're like, what is, this? what is any of this? Like it is insane that that's there. And it, it's crazy. Cause I feel like I wish there was a little bit more down there other than like weapons and the pose. And yeah. like, I feel like it, it's just kind of very enemy focused, but it's great that, cause that's where the real weapons are. Crazy that we haven't really talked about. Yeah. Else. I was thinking the same thing. We, we barely <laughs> touched so on much it. Discuss. Like I, I think we got a little, yeah, I think it's very good. Wow. That's, um, that's wild. It just occurred to me that we haven't even really touched on the depths at all. You know, and I agree. Like, I wish I had more, but I did. Exploring the depths in the dark, shooting arrows with, like, the, the bright blooms, that was probably some of the my favorite stuff I did. Definitely. You could throw the bright blooms. You could throw the bright blooms and you didn't have to use your arrows. I know. I <laughs> Hey, are you okay? No. He's back. He's back. The, the fact that Colin was throwing the bright blooms, it was just not good for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I definitely shot the bigger one. I didn't use the bigger ones for a really, really long time. And then I was like, oh, like, oh shit. I, I just got all, I was expecting a reward. I got all the, what I believed to be all the, the lanterns turned on yesterday and nothing happened. And then I had a, like a three minute moment where I was like, what was this for? Other than my own, like, <laughs> which is great to see were the you, whole map. Are you missing one? Because you do get a reward. Be. There is a reward. Yeah, it's not. It's not. <laughs> <a bigger. laughs> so get one. I also cleared them yesterday, and I thought I was yeah. done. And there was it was it check near the fire temple in the underground because I've talked to three separate people that we all I'm, were missing. I'm, let me grab it. <laughs> He's grabbing the switch right Game's now. Game stop. I'm going to Game stop. I'm going to Game stop. Give me a second. Go grab the keys. <laughs> yeah I, I had the same experience though like i had to pixel hunt for like two or three of them where like they're so very tiny. small and yeah. you have all the surrounding ones it's such a small circle well okay. that it, it was very helpful yeah figuring out i think it was bowza in the all-in discord that pointed out mm -hmm. to me that yeah the 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 shrines have the same have flipped names as the light roots i was like and they're right above the light roots i was like oh shit like, yeah, that makes finding a lot of shrines a lot easier. Love that addition because I had... It wasn't a big problem with Breath of the yeah, Wild. Yeah, it's, it's near all of mine. Yeah. I found I see uh, it. finding some of them a little annoying in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Where I was like, how, how would I ever have known like that there was something here? Right. Whereas like between... Like the, the between the sensor and like being able to get in the sky and look down and yeah, the underground. Yeah, it just made... The only one I had to look up was like, the second one in the Thundercloud area. And again, that's just because I didn't have the Thundercloud cleared. Um, and I feel like they organized them well in this game where if there were ones that were super hidden above ground, then they usually had a really easy to access one in mm -hmm. the chasm. So like mm -hmm. you, you knew that there was something there above you. I think also I wanted to talk about this. Like, again, we forgot to even talk about the underground. You know, a defining aspect of, like, Link to the Past is the dual world, you know, the light world and the dark world, and, like, Ocarina of Time is the, the different time periods that you're in. You know, a lot of Zelda games have that, like, dichotomy of, like, separate worlds or separate, like, states of the world. 
And I'd never really thought about that being a thing that was missing from Breath of the Wild. And it's interesting that this feels like the, the underground feels like their answer to that here. Like, I never even really considered that to be a defining aspect of Zelda, even though in hindsight, yeah, like half the games do that. So it's it's cool that they fit that in here. And they clearly like fit it in in a way which also was like budgetarily possible with all the other stuff they were doing of like, yeah, it's the same like like inverse topography and uh, it's all dark down here. And it's sparse, but yeah, we could do it and it gives you a bigger sense of scale and wonder. Yeah. I, how, how many, how many do we know? Sorry, really quick. I have 116, 120, 120, 120. I'm yeah. four off. Okay. <laughs> Lord. Um, uh, I, I, gotta go. <laughs> I missed it, but I wish they would have like connected the chasm to the story or like lore, lore. in some way. Did they, yeah. I, it was just there. Right. Like I, I thought it was going to be like, uh yeah like a dark world or like an ancient version of hyrule or something but there was just all these mines down there that people had apparently used and i wish they yeah. would have done more with that or like explained or something because i feel like they could have easily done something, something cool with that yeah i i would have liked them to <laughs> say because there is like like if you if you really kind of like study the differences there's some interesting stuff there like the mines are all located directly under like they mm -hmm. correlate to where the towns are, right? And then like the the bargainer statues are where the goddess statues are mm -hmm. above ground. Mm -hmm. right? Took me a long time to realize that. So so like it is like the upside down, you know, of of Hyrule or whatever, which is really cool. But yeah, to your point, they never they never like overtly like come out and say, but but I think that the reason for that is because it's also so new to the people of the world. Like they're trying to figure it out too. Mm -hmm. um, like they've got, you know, all the, the Sheikah people are like trying to go down there and study it and send out like research teams. And like, they didn't even know that was there until, you know, yeah, like, that's until true. the upheaval happened. So maybe they'll do that in the third game. Well, and that could be, I mean, that's a perfect thing to expand with DLC also, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. would, would be the depths. It would be really cool to see to see something happen down there. And it, it could be interesting, too, if, like, if the depths go deeper than we think and there's a corollary to the Sky Islands, but in the depths. The depths, be, too. The depths <laughs> deeper. You know, cool. Deeper. I, I, it, it... Am I the only one who found, I feel like given like so much of the marketing has that like the push of the sky and feeling like the sky is very interesting in its own right, but it's kind of been almost, it, it, that's where all the, the, the temples end up, no, it's except for the one. than I was expecting. Yeah, it's definitely even more sparse. And it's interesting because I feel like it is really nice to have that verticality and like looking at the map when you are flying around, you're, I just like, there've been multiple times where I'm like, what the, there's so much on this map, but like, it is, it's an interesting thing because I feel like it's pretty minimal. Though also another thing I haven't really talked to anybody about, the amount of mini-games and like I haven't really touched some of them. And like they're sometimes I feel like harder to access than maybe I want them to be, but until they get marked on your map. I only recently a blight area in the Rito village that I completely missed somehow. And there's a Goron game where you have to throw back that. I, I know like I played that once at like our... 20 and completely forgot about that now until just talking about it so like it's interesting how much there, it's almost at points too much in certain areas but not enough in others 
the a problem for with me for with the mini games or a problem for me with the mini games is that like there's just not the rewards aren't very good, which is kind of a problem with Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom in general because you know with Elden Ring it's like yeah if I find a cool cave there's gonna be like a fucking like a wizard katana down there and I can just use it forever like and I don't need to worry about it like yeah and in, in Tears of the Kingdom it's like. Okay, cool. Hey, pay me 20 rupees and pick up my stuffed animals. Okay, I'll give you 100 rupees for doing that. It's like, the the act of doing it was fun and cute and the context was good. It's just, yeah, there's not really... Okay, I didn't really even need the rupees anyway, but I just did it just to do it. Um, that is a, a, a problem, but, like, the minigames are fun. I was curious. The, the stuffed animal one's funny because I just used recall on all of them. I didn't even like, think was- about it. <laughs> That's all I did. I just used recall on them all. They all just went right back to where they were. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I mean, that yeah, the is, fact that you can solve that it that cool. way. I did not know you could do that. Yeah. 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 I, I actually, something that, not that I like think they should change, but annoyed me so many times in this game is uh, just randomly raining when you're trying to do oh, something. Dude. And like, yeah. it was raining when I was trying to do that and it, it made it 10 times harder to do. And it was, it was annoying me. <laughs> I, I got it like I think the third get, time. Yeah, at least in this one, there's a pathway to to mitigate rain issues. And right. Like, I like at least they have something because that didn't exist in Breath of the Wild, and like it would just be a massive pain in the ass. So, so at least in this one, you can do something about it. So, Colin, did you? We never really talked about this. Like, did people engage with like the set bonuses? Like, because in Breath of the Wild, I didn't really, but in Tears of the Kingdom, I really... I did in this. Okay, yeah, I did in this. So, like, yeah, what Seth is alluding to is if you complete... Well, I guess it, they make it clear, yeah, you get the froggy suit if you complete all the... the, the... I didn't do that until right. much later. That, right, that's... After I had done all the stuff I needed, right. that would have been useful for. I did have a few, like, sticky potions or whatever mm-hmm. that I used in a couple caves. I, yeah. I I liked it early on, like in in like the the Zora cave areas, like the, so many of them are damp and you can't climb them. And yeah, I was there pretty early on, so I didn't have all these resources or the froggy suit or whatever. So yeah, it was it became like a puzzle of how do I get up this like wall that isn't even that big, but it's damp in here. Um, which that became when I used like Zonai devices, and I guess that's another question. Like, did, were y'all using, like, your, your capsule Zonite devices very often? Because I feel like I didn't, and I looking back, I definitely could have, but I guess it's another resource thing. Sometimes, and mostly towards the end of Same. my playthrough. Same. Yeah. Early yes. on, I did zero. But to be it fair, is... I didn't really need to early on. Mm-hmm. I, I... I feel like it's... Yeah. Like, early on, I would use, like, some of my wheels, and then the thing I made was dumb, because I also didn't have the steering device yet, so I'm just like, oh, okay, this is kind of a waste. True, true, true. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I can't complain about that too much, but yeah, a lot of the stuff you can make early on is just kind of worthless, because you don't have a steering device. Yeah. But it... And you don't even know it yet, because right. I didn't know that was a thing then. I, and I don't think I, I don't think I knew, but I'm like, there has to be a way to steer stuff in this game. There's no way they wouldn't put that in, because otherwise, what's the point of it? It would be insane. Yeah. yeah. There's no, you have no reason for this, like, hey, it's got some wheels on it, and just sits here. Like, and even then, that was ending, like, 
the other day I was trying to get to the uh, labyrinth uh, in the far right corner, and I got up there and I was like, I had some of the planes, but I kept. There was one. Uh, I attached two fans to one of the floating devices and a steering wheel, and it like I learned very quickly it does not work. You're right. This whole thing took me. I kept being there. I was like spending money. I was like, okay, I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer, and I'm getting closer. And I ended up having to go to another set of islands, doing a, uh, a what's the a shrine that I didn't even know existed, where you get shot up back and forth, mm-hmm. and then flying from over there. And like, it was cool because I hadn't used any of that zone. I was like, oh, I have zone. I, I'm good. Like, I can I can build some of this stuff. But even then, I was like, oh, this would be so much better if I just had spent Zonite to get the items to then make my own thing that I can, you know what I mean? Where I'm like, Oh, why didn't I do this beforehand? But I, I felt like I wasn't really needing to, cause I could climb or warp or wherever for the most part, like, and even underground, like I would steal Yiga stuff. And then anything that had wheels, I would get stuck eventually. And be like, yeah. I'm, I'm angry. I would be so <laughs> angry. I was like, this toad's going to kill me. Like I need to go. You don't want to like, get this away from me. Like, um, I, 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 yeah. The, the first moment I really loved the, the underground was the first Yiga place I found it. Yeah, they're driving around like a fucked up like four-wheeler with spikes on it. I'm like, oh, cool. And then I stole it. And then, yeah, five minutes later, probably more like two, I was like, okay, this is in a pit. And I could get this out if I worked really hard, but whatever. I'm just going to leave it. Um, <laughs> uh, what I did very early on, like, I think everyone had auto-build before me. I just didn't end up, for whatever reason, I was like working around where auto-build was. But when I had auto build, I immediately built a flying machine of like one of those squares and then four fans and then a steering device. And then I saved it to my, my favorites. It only costs like, I don't know, 20 or 30 zonite to build. So whenever I saw a sky Island, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go there. Or I'm just going to build this, this flying machine. Like y'all were texting me about uh, how do you, like, yes. how do you get to this sky Island with, with the laser beams down the center and I'm like, oh, I haven't been there. Let me try. And then five minutes later, I'm like, I yeah, saw him, man. yeah, I just built a, a flying machine and went up there. <laughs> yeah, I it, it, like everyone's path through this game is is so unique, and everyone's thought process of why they did or didn't do stuff, or where they were at, and like what they were doing that day, and like you know, I, I had a, I had a day where like I drank a couple beers and just played this, and like wandered around and I was like, this is so nice. It was so chill. And then I've had other days where I'm like, you can have a, a peaceful experience. You can have a hectic experience. You can be building devices. You could be riding horses. We have, we haven't even talked about giant horse, the best character in the game. Um, <laughs> Mega horse has gotten me the most excited of any, you know, like that finding that and being like, this is so stupid. Like it's just a big ass horse. It's a, it's a mutant. Like, I need to see it. It's a mutant horse <laughs> in the back of a, you know, and on down a, a thing. Also, I should have used it more. Um, I've got one cave in particular. I was texting all about it in Rita, where the woman's like, "I'm on top of the 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 view, and if you see at sunrise, if you see a bird, oh, I saw a white. Bird. Yeah, broke my brain. And then once I found that, I found it. I I was like, "That's a white bird at the front of it. I would have never looked here for that." But it was like, still, I, I, it's it's funny this how much stuff. It's just compacted and how many people NPCs in this game have something to add or to say or to look for, or whether it's a shrine or a cave or a cave that has a shrine. Also, I don't think I'm alone in this. The amount of time, there's still a couple looking for cave entrances while your shrine thing is fucking blowing up, telling you it's below you and you can't find the, oh my, there have been three that I'm like, I need somebody help me. (laughs) 
like I am gonna the, freak out. The Zora area, with yeah, yeah, like the underground river to uh-huh. go in the cave. Oh, yes. Because that yeah, the the shrine the shrine is so far north of the cave entrance that it just mm-hmm. like I scoured that entire. I found, I found four other caves yes, looking I, for that. Cave. I found so many caves. I'm like, okay, this has to be the one, and then nope, it was not the one. <laughs> <laughs> I had a similar with with the in the volcano area, like in the northwestern part. It was beeping. Like, where the hell is this thing? And then yeah, it's the one you had to go. Like to the the crab island or whatever, and then there's a whole big minecart track. That one, that one was driving me crazy. Um, I don't even know if I found that crab. I don't know what crab island is. It, I, I don't think it's called <laughs> crab island here, but it was in Breath of the Wild because it was like okay, shaped, shaped like a shaped like a crab or whatever lobster. I don't know what the hell it is, but um, they're both crustaceans. I get it. Yeah, yeah. literally. I think every time we would talk message about the game while we were playing this anytime one of us would say something at least one of the other ones would be like what the fuck yeah, are you talking yes about? every <laughs> single time which also is kind of like elden ring like it, it's the first time hey, what, since... what are you saying <laughs> <laughs> like whenever someone would just say something i again i'm still learning new things i only just found that yiga blade master thing earlier today and i had already beaten the game True. um yeah, it's I even though I overall prefer Elden Ring, they're not that comparable of games, but just for my own sake, I just like Elden Ring a little bit more. But in terms of like how they are as open world experiences, like you know, Tears of the Kingdom is hands down like the way more interesting like world to play in and interact with and stuff. And like yeah, Elden Ring excels in the lore and the combat and blah blah blah, but like yeah, I don't know. Tears of the Kingdom just I've never played a game that yeah, like like the Polygon preview said it's a playground for goblins. You can just do whatever the fuck you want. That's a really good my quote favorite. too. It, my favorite really headline quote. maybe of all time. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> it, it, it's as good it's about as good as the New York Post when Kim Kardashian met Donald Trump and it says Rump meets Trump. It has a very <laughs> similar <laughs> So sick. Pretty similar. (laughs) Could be closer. If you think about it, just the connection between the two. No, it's 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 like fascinating because I feel like we could do another hour on just like the the finding the dudes who wanted the bubble frogs and their those care whatever those whatever they are those motherfuckers are they all. If you didn't do all the Terrytown stuff, he's also in Terrytown, and you can do more yes, stuff. Absolutely, okay. his, his brother's there, right? Okay. So I met him there. When I, I, like, I like got to Terrytown, saw what was happening, and then saw them building, and then, like, never came back because mm-hmm. I did 97 other things since then. And, like, that might be on my list of, like, finishing. I found three of the other shrines that I was looking for underneath. I now have to find one more. I marked them on my map. That's what I was doing because I was like, they're all very tiny yes. and near mine. Some of them are very tiny, yep. By the it's way, like, uh, with with him in Terrytown, how you can like give him a picture and make like the monster statue or whatever, you can do that with any like enemy. big enemies underground like a frox yeah. or stalnox or something 
Yeah, which like it surprised it, me. It commentates on it, but it's not like um like like there there's like dialogue for it, but it was that was I was like I can't believe I can do this. <laughs> like that's fucking wild. That is so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if you missed it when you when you uh tapped out for a second, uh Matt, but you can when when you can bring in the pictures mm-hmm. and have the statues made, you can do that even with Ganon. Oh, like okay. A picture of I did Ganon. not did not know that. No. <laughs> Which is so sick. Can you do yeah. that with any of the dragons? I don't know. I've not tried. Well, that. they might not count as enemies. They probably don't register as enemies. Yeah, but they well, do. They do attack what about Ganondorf you? dragon. Well, wow. Maybe. <laughs> or I guess it probably maybe the bosses you can't or something. Well, no, I guess Ganon's a boss. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. I know. Ne- I never would have thought to try that. Which yeah, now I kind of want to try that. <laughs> <laughs> as i reach for my switch <laughs> yeah i feel like that's boss battle again is there anything anyone wanted to say about dears of the kingdom now that we've talked about it for like four hours total i think i mean it's lifeless coming lifeless drab i i think i think it's a I, I think the switch for me other than like I don't know how to say this, like, not being so convoluted, but, like, Nintendo is on such a tear in a way of, like, there's some creativity here for me, personally, that I'm like, this is unbelievable. And, like, I think I, I miss, like, some Zelda games, like, are the more traditional, I think, to an extent. I think some of that's nostalgia, and I think some of that's just, like, not having one for what feels like now almost a decade. But, like, yeah, I, I feel like people aren't really making those kind of games yeah. as much anymore yeah, like maybe indie stuff, but not True. not like uh big company things as much yeah i feel like the 3d zelda is like kind of gone to the wayside like i feel like there's a lot of 2d experiences i saw something get announced today that was like we're making minish uh minish cap it's another you know minish cap like or light but i i'm really happy with Nintendo, nintendo's output i think tears of the kingdom will be like i know everyone's going to study breath of the wild and people are trying to replicate this and it's really interesting like mentioning the game short hike uh, little gator game like no one can do this at scale but nintendo the only been able to achieve this and do it really really well i think immortals phoenix rising is that the name of the game? Yes. That ubisoft one yeah that's the one i feel like that has its fans but i, I don't know I, I, they tried it and i think i think nintendo has got some magic and i think I, i'll play a third one of these no matter what just because i can't imagine what they do next it's like it's yeah. it's hard Even to if think it does use the same world again yeah, I don't, you know, at this point, if they do something even crazier, I I would be very curious as to where they're going to go story-wise, but yeah, I think it's a, I think everyone, I don't know if this is for everyone, though. My wife watched me play this, and she's like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, man, that's, <laughs> no, Xavier, that's a good question. Xavier had no interest, and he was watching me play this, and was like, this is too much. I do think <laughs> this is like, like, cool, but, like, I don't want to play this. Yeah, yeah, like, this seems a lot less, like, accessible than Breath of the Wild, which already, I don't think is that super accessible um at least like a younger audience or like a non-gamer audience which again is very un-nintendo like so it's interesting that breath of the wild is the best-selling game in the series too um yeah i i think for me yeah like this is i'm probably the person that likes zelda games the least in here but i still think they're all really fucking good but yeah this is easily my favorite of them i would go so far say this is like the best nintendo game that i've ever played and that's for me, that's saying a lot. Um, 
I just, yeah, I, I think the story is a bit of a bummer overall, but the moments that are good are really, really good. And it's, it's a very mm-hmm. small mark on what is otherwise one of the best games I've ever played. What's yeah, that that's the thing, right? Is like we, and by the way, you can't do the pictures of the dragons. I did verify. You okay. Know, <laughs> yeah, they won't let you. Thank you. Thank you for getting this. Yeah. Yeah. I did the legwork anyways. Um, yeah. The, the, the thing about it is, is like, yeah, we've been, we've been kind of like, you know, hashing out like uh, differences of opinion or compl- but that's where like the interesting discussion comes from. But like, we, we could have just as easily sat here and gushed for three hours about what we loved about it. And we right. did talk a lot about what we loved about it. But I mean, like, um, small complaints aside or nitpicks with story or whatever it is, like, yeah, this is still an incredible achievement. Like, I, you know, I can't believe, like, my, my feeling playing the game uh, constantly all the way up through the end was just like, I can't believe that this exists in this way. That, like, they have pulled this off. And like on Switch, almost, yes, exactly that's that's a good point. Switch. Like good point. on this underpowered little tablet that like everybody knows is underpowered. It never once playing it did I say like, you know, th- did I say like God, like I, you know, the, this is really the Switch is holding this thing back. You know, like it really mm-hmm. like accentuates and makes the most out of that hardware. And it's just like it's a stunning achievement it's interesting to see like programmers and game designers like marvel at the game on just all the little systems that play together and it doesn't break it doesn't have bugs it's not like you know i've not encountered any major issues over you know 150 hours of playing like it's i don't crazy. think i had any glitch or Same. anything like that happen it's incredible I mean, it's it's a magical game, and it's one of those things where, like, I'd read that the game was done, like, a year ago, and they spent a year just on, like, polishing. Right. And it makes sense. Like, it just in terms of its sheer, like, yeah, it's sheer polish and just, like, technical, you know, it's it's a stunning achievement. And, like, you know, like, the, the thing that I'll always say is, like, Majora's Mask, like, changed my life. So, like, there it is my favorite game, but, like, Tears of the Kingdom is the best one for sure. Like I, I agree with with what Matt's. I think it's the best game Nintendo's ever made, pretty handily. So, mm-hmm. good game, pretty good. Are we good? We want to wrap up. I'm good. Let's wrap. Okay, and then I I wanted to lead with this. And I totally forgot. It would have been good considering how much we really chewed into the story a bit. But a favorite saying of mine is that criticism of something you love is an act of love. Like. Just because I have problems with the story, like, again, this podcast will probably get single digit views, but on the off, is what he's saying. Yeah, on on the off (laughs) chance, some weird, angry internet person hears this, like, this game is amazing, but the story could be better, and you know that to be the case, and it's fine. That's it. That's all. (laughs) Okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's really not that big a deal in the grand scheme of things. But uh, thank you all for coming, and I guess we'll figure yeah. out another game. I we were talking about WarioWare, and I'd still yes. like to do that. Uh, we also were talking about Where, doing a retro Zelda game. Um, but Stephanie could drop it. Any yes, moment. Stephanie. I feel like that's. I feel like that's about to happen. It it has now. to, right? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Thanks, Colin. <laughs> My wife, I thought my wife still had her copy of Ocarina of Time 3D, but she does not. So, if we do that, I'll be right. st- I'll be stuck on the N64 I love version. That 3DS. 
Um, let's send let's get Murray together. Let's get a fun for money to make from this podcast to get him a copy of Ocarina of Time. There you go. What's the um, German what's the German one run? I feel like all the sorry, we should we should cut no, and then no, we can talk about the PAL version. Uh I well the answer is I don't know. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um but thank you for listening for anyone who listened and hopefully we'll do more of these soon bye bye, bye.